It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. It's a cold Friday, December 8th, 2017. It is time for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Season 5 of the program. Hard to believe we've been here that long. That's not what it's all about, though. We're here to talk high school basketball in the Mountain State. And, um, you know, as always with the beginning of the season, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get some kinks worked out. We don't get exhibition games on this show. We just jump right in and play a game. And, um, you know, before we get our first look at the scoreboard here tonight, uh, Joe Linville, one week away, you know, one week now beyond the Super Six and right in the thick of basketball season already. It, 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 really, but, you know, some of these schools that, that we were just talking before we went on the air, you know, that, that played in the playoffs still have a lot of players not eligible to be on the basketball court yet. And, of course, season opened up this past Tuesday night. A lot of games uh, played then. And, of course, we got several games on tap tonight, some schools for the first time. But I was talking, for instance, uh, Mingo Central's coach, and he said, oh, we're doing a shoot-arounds because half of his team was still playing football at the time. And, uh, you know, you think of Fairmont and Bluefield, some of these teams that, you know, go two or three sports, you know, they're going to – have some games without some players. It's a welcome problem, <laughs> mind you, for the community. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Bill Cornwell, this is always a time of year where um, you know sometimes out of the gate you see some scores that are uh, kind of eye-opening, somewhat surprising maybe to the teams that you don't follow really up close. Right. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of uh, those types of scores a little bit later on in the show. But yeah. uh, everybody's just trying to kind of get their footing, get their bearings, and get used to being back on the floor. Yeah, this is definitely uh, – if you're playing some of these schools that had a lot of football players and, and, and just been playing uh, the last week or two weeks, maybe sneak up on them tonight. Maybe you just – maybe steal one from them. But, you know, sometimes you can go the other way. And we were talking off the air, for instance uh, – on Tuesday night, Spring Valley played Ironton, Ohio, and ton of football players sitting on the end of the bench. Spring Valley still won, won by over 10 points or 11 points. Uh, so, you know, sometimes that kind of goes against the conventional wisdom. And it is a, a situation that, like I said, every coach will gladly take this time of year. They, they're not out for themselves no. when it comes to uh, – high school basketball versus their own football program. Um, before we do go to the scores, though, for the first time, I do want to let you know that if you want to join the program at any time tonight, you can give us a call. That phone number is one eight five five seven eight hoops That is 1-855-784-6677. And uh, we, we certainly hope to have a uh, – well, we know we've got several callers uh, lined up for tonight, but uh, we definitely want to hear from you and um, get your perspective on the beginning of another high school basketball season here in West Virginia. But first, it's time for our first check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Guys, it's a light night of schedule so far. We've got games still rolling in. I'll knock out this first scoreboard update, and then I'll turn it over to, uh, to you guys a little bit later on throughout the night. Let's look at the boys' scores that are uh, in currently on BasketballNight.com, your one-stop shop for all high school basketball scores in West Virginia. It was Ripley 
defeating Grafton tonight, 55-54. The Vikings score the final eight points of the game to win that contest in the Sam Board and the Sam Board tournament. Also tonight, a matchup of the last two Class AA runner-ups. And it was all Chapmanville Regional tonight. The Tigers defeat Polka by a final score of 86-41. Chapmanville Regional opens the season with a win. Also tonight, in the third quarter, Braxton County leads Lincoln 40-38. Great ball game going on tonight in Shinston. Also tonight, final score, University goes to 2-0. The Hawks defeat Buchanan Upshur 78-53. Buffalo is 1-1. The Bison knock off Wahama tonight, 46-41 in the season opener for the White Falcons. Also tonight, Charleston Catholic opens its season with a win, 51-43 over the Sherman Tide. Greenbrier West picks up a win over Independence, 50-43 the final in that one. North Marion a home winner over Liberty Harrison, 74-45 the final 24 points for Jude Akabuzi in that contest. They are in overtime right now where Lincoln County and Van are tied at 64. Great ball game. Van actually jumped out to a 12-point lead early in the fourth quarter of that one. Lincoln County, though, able to fight back and send that one to overtime where they are right now. Also in the third quarter, Morgantown. Defeating Preston, or leading Preston, I should say, 47-23, the score in that one. The Nitro Wildcats are 2-0. They pick up a 75-69 victory over Nicholas County. Also tonight, final score, Oak Hill defeats Pikeview, 46, make that 45-14. to Final score tonight, Ravenswood, the Class A runner-up from a year ago. Opens its season with a victory over Ritchie County, 84-35 the final in that one. Also a final, the reigning AA state champions, Fairmont Senior, open their season with a win, 87-36. The Polar Bears defeat Brook. And a game that is at the half right now, it is Hedgesville 31, Silver Oak Academy from Maryland, 14. Well, before you jump over to the girls' final, just in, Logan defeats Scott, 92-70. On the girls' side, in the Williamstown tournament tonight, Wheeling Central defeats Polka, 92-54 the final in that one. Great game in Glen Hayes in the Barbara J. Marone key player shootout. That's where our cohort, Rick Marone, is running a, a tournament down there. In the opener, the George Washington Patriots defeat Wayne tonight, 57-54 the final in that one from Rebel Arena. Also tonight in the Hardy County Girls Hardwood Classic, it was Moorfield defeating East Hardy, 42-28. We laugh about that because it seems like their boys or girls play every Friday night against each other throughout the course of the season. (laughs) Uh, Riverview defeats Shady Spring tonight, 75-25 the final. And also a final tonight, Hurricane defeats East Fairmont, 82-44. That is your first check of the basketball night com scoreboard. Bill Cornwell, any of those scores stick out to you on this no, opening I, Friday? I, I actually got an update for you. We, we, we got a final in that overtime game, Van and Lincoln County, while you were reading, and Van beats Lincoln County 72-68. 
So a good win for the Bulldogs. Yeah, a little single-A school there from Boone County and taking on uh, Lincoln County. And you know, they've had some tough little, uh, you know, sports teams at Van over the years. And, you know, the boys and girls are supposed to be fairly decent again this year. There, There is one game I'm anxious to hear a score from tonight is uh, Greenbrier East uh, hosting the Hurricane Redskins. Of course, uh, first game uh, for the uh, Greenbrier East boys without Governor Jim Justice as the coach. They, they do have a, a pretty good guy coaching them, though, named Coles. Yeah, Bimbo. Bimbo Coles. Yeah. And, of course, the Hurricanes been quality team uh, uh, with uh, for the last uh, several years with uh, Coach Sutherland. They made a run to the state championship game. Yes, they did. And had ago. a fantastic uh, run through that tournament. Uh, fell to Huntington in the title game. And, uh, you know, We'll go back to Bill here for just a second. Bill Huntington's boys last year winning the state championship again as a three seed, and yep. it just—I'll tell you—they've—they've they've been just a, a mainstay in that state uh, championship Saturday now. And you look at back at that game last year, and most people looked at that matchup with Capital and Huntington, and were basically saying, "There's no way." Huntington's going to beat Capital. They're just too talented. They're just too athletic. But, of course, outstanding coaching job by Ron Hess. They slowed the tempo down. They got Capital uncomfortable, and they made Capital play defense, which uh, for long stretches of time, Capital wasn't comfortable doing. And just a brilliant job by the Highlanders. Uh, but we've we got another week to wait to see what the Highlanders give us this year because their first game is not till next Friday. So they've got a lot of time to prepare. And, of course, they, they went into the uh, semifinals of the playoffs. So the, their guys who are football players, including possible player of the year in the state, Michael Dawson, they'll get all their practices in and they'll be ready to go when the season starts. And Joe Huntington's boys last year winning their fourth title, uh, excuse me, third title in four years, fourth straight trip to the championship game. And probably three of those, they weren't favored going into the tournament. Right. And then you look at the preseason poll and who's on top, Huntington. Huntington. Mm-hmm. So, you, know, yeah. you, you, you never know. I mean, like you said, it, it's early in the season. I'm surprised a team waits that long to, to get their first tip. Because some of these schools, it seems like they play like early December, like they'll play three or four games, and then they kind of get into that Christmas break if they're not playing in any Christmas tournaments yeah. and don't play again until after the first of the year. Yeah, the, the schedules are, are always a little bit uh, topsy-turvy this time of year. I know there are many different philosophies. Some want to get out on the floor on opening night. Others want to kind of lay back and uh, kind of play more games on a more regular, you know, two to three games a week schedule and, throughout the course of the season. And the deal with Huntington, you, you just kind of get feeling that maybe the AD at, at Huntington, Bruce Sr., uh, probably saw that they were going to make a deep run in the football playoffs, and he said, well, let's, let's give a little cushion. And then they certainly have plenty of cushion. <laughs> and do want to mention, too, Michael Dawson did have some uh, leg issues through yes. the end of the football yes, season. Yes, he did. He was not 100%. And the only way those, those type of issues heal is rest. Yes. And there's not a lot of time for that. But uh, any little bit helps this yep. time of year. Um, I, you go back to a year ago, and – you know, our final show last year was on semifinal Friday night, so we didn't really get to cover the boys' championship games from last year. Uh, championship games that saw Notre Dame win Class A, Fairmont Senior repeat in Double A, 
and Huntington win AAA. And uh, it, it was a year where I don't think anyone was surprised at Fairmont Senior winning AA. But, Joe, I know you're familiar with Chapmanville's program. The Tigers made it to the finals, had a good showing in Charleston, have a lot back this year. So does Fairmont. Uh, a lot of ways, those two teams seem to be, at least on paper and in preseason thought, the top two contenders in AA. Not to say, though, that no one can step up and be right there with them. Yeah, Coach, I, I talked to Coach Napper back during the football season, and he was really excited to, you know, to get his team, you know, you know of course they – they pretty much practice year round in, in ways, you know, with uh, non coaching, you know, having other people coach the team. But he was so excited. He said, I'm really looking forward to this year. And he said, our team, their goal is to get back to Charleston and, and bring back that trophy back to Chapmanville because, I mean, they were, you know, so close last year. And like you said, just Fairmont stepped in and, and uh, outmanned them there at the end of the ball game. And how about Notre Dame? Uh... Bill, we, being where we are, our show emanates from the studios of WMUL Radio in Huntington, West Virginia, at the campus of Marshall University. We get to see Jared West starting as a freshman for Marshall as a senior last year in high school, leading the Irish to a state championship. And uh, it's easy to see why he was a, yeah. he's a different kind of player. I mean, he, he was the Bill Evans Award winner last year as the player of the year in the state. And, uh, I mean, you can already see as, as a college freshman, I mean, he's, just, he's something special. He's ahead of the, of the game because uh, he does not look on a, on a Division I college level already that he does not belong there. I mean, he's averaging about six, seven points a game sometimes. Uh, has had some big scoring nights. And, now, and there you see how he led Notre Dame to that state championship, just a quality guy all around. Uh, I think double. You know, we're talking about double A. Double A is going to be really good this year. And of course, you know, you got to talk about Mingo Central. You got to talk about Jeremy Dillon. And uh, you know, he just coming off of a, a good football season and uh, things, big things expected out of the Miners and Jeremy. And of course, Jeremy has gone ahead and got his uh, college signing uh, done. That pressure's off, and he can. And as he said when he signed with Marshall about a month ago, that. Now I can focus on having a good year. And we talked about Michael Dawson with the leg injury. Joe, you were at the football semifinal between Mingo Central and Fairmont Senior, a game that Fairmont Senior won. Don't necessarily have to go into the football side of things, but Jeremy Dillon got banged up in that game. He did. You know, he hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. probably midway through the first quarter. And it really didn't start to show until halftime. But then when he come out after, you know, going to the 20-minute timeout at the half, come back out in the third quarter, he couldn't hardly walk. I don't know how he was on the football field. Couldn't couldn't get his feet set to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, so you don't know how far that injury will carry over into basketball season. So, obviously, some uh, storylines already starting to form. And we're just the first uh, week of December uh, we've got a lot of show, though, to go. The fastest three hours in radio. We'll be back with your phone calls when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is break one here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. 
High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. We want to welcome two of our newest affiliates tonight. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKS Wheeling and 1370 AM WVLY in Moundsville. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Tweet us your team score. Give us your comments on the game. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. And a big shout out tonight to the people following us on Twitter, including Jason McGrew, Brent Koloski, Julia Wark, Deanna Stanley, Ido Soul. Jason Whitehead, Sammy Lusk, CCHS Athletics, D.L. Cook, Sean Brown, Kickmasters Karate, David Johnson, the Logan Wildcat Basketball Team, Sharon Kaiser, Bonnie Lawson, Dwayne Combs, Jeremy, Joe Wetzel, and Taylor Vasquez. Follow us here at BasketballNight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9-17 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell with you here on another Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Rick Marone not with us tonight. Um... He went and scheduled a tournament on opening night? Really? Did he do that yeah. intentionally, hey. you think? I think he's trying to avoid us. He's doing his real job. <laughs> <laughs> he's coaching his team and, and, and running this tournament. And of course, um, it's, this tournament is very near and dear to his heart. It's uh, uh, in memory of his mother, who was a, a, a trailblazer as far as a coach and a official um, among women in the state of West Virginia. As far as I know, she may have been the first female referee that was accredited by the SSAC. And Barbara J. Marone. A little bit of history. Yeah, and it is the Barbara J. Marone key player shootout uh, that's going on down at Tulsa High School tonight and tomorrow. Uh, we already told you earlier, George Washington defeating Wayne by three. Uh, excellent game. George Washington, mm-hmm. a, a good program. Uh, Wayne's got probably – the best team it's had. Yeah. And uh, so that was a good matchup for both teams early in the season. Yeah. In AA, watch out for the Pioneers. Watch out for Wade Williamson's team. And, you know, and we'll, we'll get to the phone lines in just a second uh, and hang in there with us, uh, Jesse. We'll get to you in just a moment. But, um, you know, Joe, a lot of times I think if you look at AA girls basketball, and we'll just touch on this real fast, uh, Wyoming East, the prohibitive favorite. They were also the prohibitive favorite this time last year but, and didn't make the tournament because of injuries. Those right. are things you cannot account for in the preseason. We talked about just now, you know, expect Wayne to have a good team. Wayne has never had a boys or girls team make the state tournament. Joe, Wayne hasn't put its starting five on the floor in a postseason game now in two years. <laughs> I mean, so 
there's, there's so much time between now and the postseason, so many variables, it's hard to really say anything with certainty at this point in the year. You know, we've, we've talked about injuries, and now we've talked about, you know, one sport carrying into another one. You have to have so many practices. So this time of the year, I mean, it's everything is still pretty iffy, and everybody's on an even playing field until you get into probably week two or three. Then, you know, the things start shaking out and, and leveling off to where they're supposed to be. Our guys behind the scenes are working hard on the scoreboard, but right now let's go to the phone and go to Jesse Willis. And I believe Jesse's at the Greenbrier East Hurricane game tonight. Is that correct? Not at the game. Listen to the game on the radio. Had to work. All right. Do you have a final or a, or, or a score on it's that? It's not place? a final. It's, it's 70 to 63, Greenbrier East with 420 left to go in the fourth. All right, that sounds like an excellent ball game going on early in the season. Uh, teams that used to be MSAC opponents, uh, Greenbrier East no longer in the Mountain State Athletic Conference, and from a travel standpoint, who can blame them? But, um, you know, again, we talk about a lot of times great early season matchups. Uh, sounds like a good game, and I know you're getting to listen to it. I know you're getting to listen to a good broadcast crew do that game too. Um, what, what are the expectations as you as you hear that, are, are you listening to a game that's basically going as you thought it might? It's not it's not going as I as as I felt it would go. I I knew that uh, I said from the daylight because I went to school with Bimbo and played against Bimbo. Uh, I knew from the get go we would be in shape. We could run with anybody in the state. But the offense is just kicking the lemon. The lemons kid from East has thirty points. He had like five three pointers in the third quarter. I think the biggest lead of the game at one point each was up by 21. But other than that, it's been given. It's been given take the whole ball game. That, and that is, that is also excellent. And you know, you you say you went to school with Bimbo Coles. He's in his first season as the head coach, taking over for Governor Jim Justice. Anyone who's out of state or not familiar with basketball in West Virginia may have just kind of thought I misspoke there, but I didn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the, the question would be for this season for Greenbrier East. Uh, Bimbo Coles has been around that program. He's not new to uh, the boys' basketball program there. I guess there are still good expectations for that team to potentially, you know, try to compete with Beckley and try to get to, uh, try to, get to Charleston. Well, there's, there, there's no, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, being, being around Bimbo and supporting him, Olympics, and I hate to say it even when he was at Virginia Tech, but anyway, uh, Bimbo, Bimbo will, will, build, will build a program there. There's no doubt about it, and you know we're, we're glad to have him. We had no problems with the governor or whatever, but uh, he's got obligations to do there, and uh, Bimbo being, be, being young and being an Olympic, Olympic and former NBA player, he's brought excitement back to the program that's needed to be there for some time. I hate to delve back into what was honestly something that was very difficult for that community going back to June 23rd, 2016, and then the deadly floods that swept through West Virginia. Um, how has that area recovered, and, and how has sports in particular maybe kind of helped that community along a little bit regain a sense of normalcy when you go through, talk about Rennell and places that were really devastated by those deadly floods? Raynell, uh, White Sulphur, and even even Alderson. Uh, it's been a countywide pull together. You know the old saying of when it gets tough, the tough gets going. It's it it's been an example. And you know even I I work as an EMT at one of the local fire departments, and even 
sports programs from from out of the area. Things just kept flooding in and flooding in. And, you know, I'm for, former military and been all over the United States. And, you know, people listen to your show from other states. I don't want to run off your audience, but I'll tell you, there's there, there's nothing like West Virginians when time gets tough. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we're, we're right there with you, Jesse. And, um, you know, uh, I know there's still some residuals, uh, the, the residual effects throughout you know, Nicholas County, for instance, as well, going with the consolidation situation there that's uh, been contentious. And I know. Still fighting. Yeah, they're still fighting over that. <laughs> well, but, they are, won't they? Uh, right. But, you know, to me, in this state, high school basketball, I, I'll, probably, I'll be honest with you, I'm first and foremost a football fan. I think high school basketball has a much bigger following in this state than football does. When you go to Charleston to the state tournament, you'll see seven, 8,000 people per session. You don't get that many to any of the title games in Wheeling. Well, I I agree because one Wheeling it's 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 a little bit of a haul, but you know I hope yeah. I hope she's not listening at work. But uh, basketball, you know, my my wife likes football too, but it's much easier to go set when it's thirty degrees outside and watch basketball <laughs> than it is football. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I think we'll all agree with you on that and. Uh, Jesse, really good to hear from you tonight. We appreciate you calling in. We'll let you get back to listening to uh, the conclusion of that Hurricane Greenbrier East game. And uh, hey, feel free to give us a call every Friday night. Hey, we'll see what we can do. And uh, uh, you can say that you heard it here first. Three years, Bimbo will be in the state championship in AAA. You heard it here first. All right. I remember the uh, Sports Illustrated cover with the. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll let Jesse go there. Remember the Sports Illustrated cover that had the Houston Astros? The, 2000, the, uh, the 2017 the world champion Houston Astros. Yes, and that was in 2014. 2014. <laughs> so, guys in the back, mark that. And uh, when we get to season eight in about three years, season seven. All right, whatever. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go back and uh, check that one out. Hey, Ryan, you're a trivia kind of guy. I've got a trivia question for you, real quick. What is Bimbo's real name? You have any idea? No googling. If I, I have, I don't. Do I honestly I do not know this. I'm going to guess. I had which no is clue. dangerous. Go ahead, Richard. No, no. <laughs> it is Vernell. That's exactly Vernell. right. Vernell right. Bimbo Colts. I would want to be Bimbo too. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to know who Richard Coles is because, well, I, he's a musician. I've never heard of him. All right, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, live radio, guys. We have fun. And uh, let's go right back to the phone lines to Richard in Wheeling. Richard is um, associated with the Lindsley Academy uh, boys basketball team in Wheeling. Richard, welcome to the program. I don't – I'm not going to say that I'm associated <laughs> with them. I just heard you give the number out, and I thought – you talked about expectations, and I know they paid Fort Fry last night. I think Fort Fry is – I don't even think they're a West Virginia team. I think they're from Ohio. It is an Ohio team, but yeah. Just, uh, and they lost, which kind of surprised me. Uh, what it has to do with is why I would be calling is my interest in going to the game. I just wondered if what, – what, I don't know if you know that or if you have any statistics on it about the expectations of uh, – Lindsay this year. Actually, if I could ask, I'd like to know what the expectations of Wheeling Central and Wheeling Park are, too. 
if you can get into all three of them, or maybe I could just focus on one. I don't know which oh. what you want to do. Oh, that's that's fine. We'll we'll go wherever you want with that. Uh, in terms of Lindsley, I'll be honest with you. With Lindsley not being in the SSAC, uh, where it is an academy school. And just the way it functions, it has a different purpose than the public school system or even the private school system that fall under the SSAC does. Year to year, I cannot tell you what's expected from that school. Honestly, it's hard to get a gauge on them. They typically put a very solid, um, competitive athletic program on the field in every sport. You go back to football, and Eddie Drummond, who played at Penn State, made the NFL, Mm -hmm. uh, went to Lindsley Academy. Um, there have been several good athletes go through uh, Lindsley Academy as well that, that, that aren't being mentioned right, right now. So in terms of expectations for Lindsley, it's difficult from a year-to-year standpoint. Willing Central. I'll oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mel Blunt's kids played for Lindsley. They played both football and basketball. Yeah. You know the Theater Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, kids played for Yeah. And, okay, move around. Winning Central and uh, since Chase Harlow, but I, I think he's been gone for two years. I'm just interested in the expectation of the Lindsley game and Wheeling Park. Wheeling Park, it seems like they've been down for a few years. When uh, I mean, they were always down there for the state championships, but it just doesn't seem like they're having the same kind of progress that they used to have. It seems like they've. Uh, uh, sort of turned around and gone the other way. I just wondered what you think about them, uh, like you used the word expectations of Wheeling Central and Wheeling Park. All right. Uh, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll answer that here uh, right now. In terms of uh, Wheeling Central, I think their girls' team is considered a favorite in Class A, not the favorite. That would no, be St. Joe. Joe. But uh, Wheeling Central is considered to be a team that uh, can maybe uh, dethrone St. Joe in Class A and was in very impressive tonight. Polka is a team that made the AA state tournament a year ago. They lost Casey Skeen. She's a, more of a softball player. She's at Eastern Michigan University now. But um, still, Polka, a solid program on the girls' side, and Willing Central did a number on them tonight, so that's impressive for them, big expectations for them. And the boys at Willing Central, they are, I mean, any given year, I think that's a ball club and a program that uh, can win a state title. They, they, before last year, had been to the state championship game three years in a row, uh, had lost the last two, but uh, with Willing Central boys basketball, you expect them to be at the very least on semifinal Friday and in many instances championship Saturday. And they're, and they're another school that's going to probably be a little slow start because of football, but I know that they have a lot of carryover from football to basketball as athletes are involved. So you know you saw the quality on the football field as they uh, took care of St. Mary's last week. Uh, they will no doubt bring it to the basketball court as well. And um, I'm like you, uh, really, uh, you expect – Wheeling Central on the boys' side to be there every year, always a factor. You n- never really see a down year out of the Crusaders. They and they're, of course, they're top on the preseason polls as well. So, yeah. you know, they've got somebody's attention. You know it. Yeah, the Maroon Knights, uh, big expectations as always. I think that that program is basically defined by expecting to win championships. Now, you think about Wheeling Park, you know, that, that's another story. They have a really tough road to hoe when you think about who they have to take care of in sectional play and regional play. Uh, 
usually Morgantown, if not university, is standing in their way. Uh, as far as um, th that part of the state, really, I don't think Brooke and John Marshall really met that big of a factor. But the, you know, the Morgantown schools are a big, big halt to them. University, a very young team a year ago, yeah. was the two seed, lost to Huntington in the semifinal, but was right there. I mean, yeah. it was an excellent ball club, and uh, we certainly uh, have high expectations for them this year as well. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we have another check of the scoreboard. Then we'll go to Dylan Godet of Buchanan Upshur and the Buccaneer Sports Network. I'm a little rusty. Basketball right. Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. It takes just one click to watch. And you can watch us on Network West Virginia. You can listen to us on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKS in Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Manonsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR in Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. Our friends down in Logan, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 9.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Season premiere of Year 5 of the program. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. Happy to have you with us all the way till midnight. As we cover all things high school sports, high school basketball in West Virginia, we'll go back to the phone lines in just a moment uh, to John Blackmore. Um, happy to have him. We'll explain that in a moment as well. But first, and Joe, I'll turn you loose with the boys' scores. Bill, I'll give you the girls' scores. It's time for the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. On the boys' side of the scoreboard, it was the Grafton Bearcats. Falling to Ripley tonight, 55-54 in a close one. It was the Tigers of Chapmanville taking down the dots of Polka, 86-41. 
Lincoln High School took down uh, Braxton County 66-62. It was the University Hawks taking down Buchanan Upshur 78-53. It was Buffalo over Wahama 46-41. Sherman fell to Charleston Catholic tonight 51-43. It was Meta Bridge over Fayetteville 62-58. Hurricane uh, trails uh, the Greenbrier East Spartans late in the fourth quarter. The last update we had is 70-63. It was Greenbrier West over Independence uh, tonight by a score of 50-43. to North Marion over Liberty Harrison, 74-45. Shady Spring down Liberty Raleigh, 94-37. The Van Bulldogs in overtime defeated Lincoln County, 72-68. And the, their season opener tonight, the Logan Wildcats down to Scouts of Scott, 92-70. Morgantown defeated Preston, 57-34. It was Riverview falling to Mount View, 67-49. Nitro defeated Nicholas County, 75-69. It was Oak Hill over Pike uh, Pike View, 93-34. Ravenswood down Ritchie County tonight, 84-35. The Polar Bears, a Fairmont senior, took down Brook, 87-35. And at the half, it's Hedgesville leading Silver Oak Academy of Maryland, 31-14. 31-14. Bill, over to look at the girls' scores. All right, starting off with uh, the Wheeling uh, Central Catholic Maroon Knights. We just talked about them a little while ago, and they uh, had a dominating win tonight over uh, the Polka Dots, 92-54 in the tournament at Williamstown. Uh, final from the uh, Tulsa tournament, the Barbara Maroon Memorial Tournament out at Tulsa. George Washington knocks off the Wayne Pioneers by a score of 57-54. Looking on down the scoreboard, and the Hardy County Tournament, uh, East Hardy falls to Moorfield, 42-28. Uh, Riverview, a big win over Shady Springs, 75-26. It was Westside's Renegades over the Man Hillbillies, 62-32. Uh, the Hurricane Redskin uh, ladies, uh, they get a big win over the Bees of East Fairmont by a score of 82-44. And that is what we have so far. Thank you very much, guys. And something that uh, we're always proud of with this program is how it has grown. And when I say we're proud of it, it's because of people believing in this program. We started off on two stations. We're now on more than 20. And our family has grown this season, and we are so happy to join you on WKKX in Wheeling, WVLY in Moundsville. John Blackmore is uh, with us now. He was a regular on the program a couple of years ago. Now we have him back with us. And John, first off, it's our pleasure and we thank you for having us here on Basketball Friday Night. Well, in West Virginia. So we would have done this a year earlier, but uh, we uh, ended up moving locations and uh, I have to take the blame. I went a bit over budget and uh, mess some things up uh, a year later than we would have liked to but better late than never we wanted to be on for a while so thanks for waiting on us and being patient again our pleasure and uh, i know you you follow wheeling sports uh closely wheeling park wheeling central um expectations are something we just talked about i think they're high again for wheeling central on the basketball floor and uh coming off of a, a football state title where they were the 10 seed and and still coming through and getting at a team that got better each week throughout the course of the season. 
uh, a basketball program that did not reach championship Saturday last year for the first time in more than three years. Uh, I think there are a lot of people there that uh, basically the, the, the wire in terms of success is a title. Yeah, and if you don't if you don't meet that, there's plenty of issues that go around. I mean, uh, you know, this team started football started on slow, and and the masses started to uh, rumble. And uh, Coach Young was able to pull everybody together, but they expect championships. And you know, if we had said last year that they would have lost to Notre Dame after how they handled Notre Dame twice in the regular season in basketball, I would have said you're crazy. You know, I, I thought they uh, they played really well, and they didn't play right. Uh, they didn't play good at the right time of the year, and it cost them a state championship this year. Uh, same expectations. I think the the the, the region and the section. Um, uh, I, I, I would guess it would be. I don't want to say a breeze, but they should be heavily favored uh, to get down to Charleston again. And always uh, a threat when uh, when when they're there for certain. And uh, I, and I apologize in advance. I'm not sure how closely you follow the girls' program there, but expectations are high for them as well and a very impressive win tonight over Polka. Yeah, big win there. They got beat by uh, Morgantown a game they shot, I believe, 19% and you can't shoot 19% and win and and they didn't, but uh, Taylor DePlaga, uh, leader of that team, and uh, you know that, that sophomore Owen Gaynor has already got an offer from Youngstown State. Uh, she's a heck of a player. They've got size inside. Uh, they can shoot from the outside. They go about Eight deep, and uh, I guess the hope for Willing Central would be you, you. Obviously, you get downstate, and you get the opposite practice St. Joe's. Yeah, and, and it, yeah. You take your shot at them on Championship Saturday if you're both there. Obviously, and uh, tell you what, there was, there was a few years ago now, but it was it was probably the best team that St. Joe's had in this run when they still had Michael Johnson, Griffin Dempsey, and that crew, and. and I remember, I think it was actually their junior year, but so it's probably the second best team they had in this run. But Wheeling Central took that team deep into the fourth quarter with a, with a ball club that, you know, maybe wasn't considered on that elite level to have multiple Division I players that particular year. Uh, this program is a steady, steady team in terms of, you know, yes, yeah, St. Joe. Let's be honest. We know what goes on there, uh, but with Wheeling Central, uh, they seem to still be able to to be right there to fight with them at the end. Yeah, and I, you know, and everybody, um, you know, we know what St. Joe's is, but um, you know, Wheeling Central, those girls are all feeder school kids from uh, St. Mike's and St. Vincent's, and you can go down through, and a lot of the family names are the same. Their dads were good players there. Their mom was a good player. Um, you know, uh, Owen. Uh, uh, Miss Gaynor there, her brother Owen plays for the boys team, by the way. Uh, Eden, um, you know, she's a contraguero, and uh, her mom was an excellent player there. Uh, but somehow they, you know, they, these parents get involved. They they help coach. They work out on the weekends. They, um, you know, when they were little kids, I'm talking about, you know, they're in the gym. And, you know, like we had, uh, my son had basketball practice the other night, and there was a third and fourth grade team um, practicing before the JV team. And, uh and that's that's how it starts at Wheeling Central. You get third and fourth graders uh, in a gym working out, practicing uh, for their little season before they even hit fifth grade basketball. So, you know, there's big expectations. There's a lot of tradition, and uh, they expect to keep winning. And you know, the, the families keep coming back. Uh, and and you, you mentioned something there that I want to touch on. And I think is 
um, perhaps a little bit different with Wheeling Central than other private schools. You mentioned it's a lot of people with the same names. You hear the same families go through, and family being key there. Um, I, I know a lot of folks outside of Wheeling see Wheeling Central every year, and, and sometimes, you know, yeah, there's, you know, private schools can do things a little bit different. They have to, to a degree, to survive. Um, but Wheeling Central, to me, is almost its own community within Wheeling. Yeah, that you're, you're correct. I believe you know. I, I think you've got it right, and uh, it's a lot of the same. Like you said, it's a lot of the same families going through. And you know, after the football, of course, you know, it was 2011 last time the football team won. So you know, it was kind of quiet on the hey, um, let's bash Wheeling Central because they recruit that you know bandwagon. <laughs> and then as soon as they get back to the 10 seed, they win a state championship the week leading up to it. We come back there. Oh, do you see all the cars from Pennsylvania and Ohio? I mean, really. I mean, my son goes there. Um, you know, um, yeah, we we live in Ohio, but he went to grade school there. He went all the way through. His mom taught there. That's why he's there. Um, you know, and then they say, "Well, what about all the cars from Pennsylvania?" Well, that's my nephew, and you know, he he he's on the sideline. His nickname is Booger, and he's uh, five foot seven. <laughs> played about six snaps. So yeah, you're right. There's a kid from Ohio and a kid from Pennsylvania. Okay, you win. You know, that's that's my family. Thank you very much, East Hardy. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Give me a break. All those lights plates down there from Ohio and Pennsylvania. That that was me and my sister in law and I called the game on the radio and her kid didn't play. So yeah, you win. But it's all legal. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah, it's all legal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I'll say this in terms of the uh, the private school uh, situation. Uh, again, I know there are a lot of hard feelings from rural schools. I know that rural schools face different challenges as well. And I think it's sure. more rural and urban related than it is necessarily. It's drawing area and number of people to draw from that is yeah, well, frustrating. This isn't, this isn't Cardinal Mooney. This isn't Cardinal Mooney right. where you can go. Right. An hour outside and bring out a quarterback, then you, know, you lose your quarterback. You next year, somehow you get a kid that's going to Nebraska. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> yeah. Cardinal Mooney, by the way, a, a football power out of Youngstown, and um, right. yeah, exactly. And, and I, I just think that uh, there are some misconceptions there, but definitely the um, that that school's a family more than more than anything, and. Um, uh, one that's uh, very very successful in athletics and uh, John we always appreciate talking with you we, we missed you last year but again we're, uh, we're happy to be in, in Wheeling and Moundsville now on WKKX and WVLY and we thank you so much for all that you've done for us Hey, not a problem. You guys, next time I'll give you an education on how Lindsay's going to be this year I heard Radio Rich calling in earlier so <laughs> another time <laughs> Thank you very much. That's John Blackmore, WKKX and Willing WVLY in Moundsville. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll get to Dylan Goday. Sorry about that, Dylan. We'll get you when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is Break 3 on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepared to thrive in an exciting, growing field? 
the Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage. Make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, and charisma, coupled with Marshall University's sports journalism training, will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and desire to be the eyes, ears, and life of the game to our Huntington campus and learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team score. Give us your comments on the game. Call us tonight. Give us an update. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 949 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Friday, December 8th, 2017. Season 5. We didn't. We, did we get a redshirt year? Are we in a post grad year? How do we want to call this? No, no, no. Grad assist year. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Freshman year of college. No, it, it, it's fascinating though. And throughout the course of this year, we want to try to sprinkle in a few of these along the way. We don't have one tonight set up, but um, many of these athletes we followed, you know, starting when they were freshmen, are in college now. There are a lot of college athletes that we've had on this program when they were in high school and there's a sense of pride one from just having people from West Virginia succeed um, in, in sports and in the co- at the college level and two there's a little bit of a sense of pride that we had them on this show so to speak you know before they they made it onto a division one stage so that, that that's something we uh and not always Division One, Division Two. I, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. If you can get to the next level, big, yes. If you can get a big chunk of your college paid for and play basketball and get a good education from it, that's a win-win situation. And uh, I'm gonna sound I'm gonna sound like an old man here. As much as I love football, unless you're going to play professional football, I don't know that it's worth it to put your body through that at the college level at this point. I don't know. I've seen a lot of young men grow up just playing high school football and still paying for it 
you know, as an adult. Right. And, and I, I just think that you, you want to work with your brain in that regard. <laughs> and unfortunately, your brain tends to be something that can, uh, can get injured by. You know, Dylan Godet has set the uh, early benchmark for being on hold. He's with the Buccaneer Sports Network, Buchanan Upshur. He's been on hold for 26 minutes. Let's bring him on the program. Dylan, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, thank you guys for having me. That's an interesting conversation you guys were just having, though, so I was intrigued by it. <laughs> Sometimes we wander off a little bit, but uh, we, we, we hope it stays entertaining and informative and that at least we sound like we know what we're talking about in that regard. You know, something that I know you know about – uh, by Cannon Upshur basketball. I know the boys came up short tonight, but uh, that girls' program has very high expectations uh, after reaching uh, all the way to, uh, you know, right on the cusp of a state championship a year ago. I mean, a- excellent basketball team, a lot of players back, and uh, that's a team that uh, honestly I think I expect to see on championship Saturday this year in Class AAA. And I think that's their expectations as well. Um, again, the season they had last year, only losing two players from it, two real contributors there. Um, so lots of experience coming back as well. The seniors, the four, the group of four seniors that the team has, they've made four, this, well, three trips and hopefully four this this season. So their their experience at playing in Charleston and now moving last year to the section with Morgantown University and Preston. Uh, they've been getting experience in the regular season as well. Uh, so, again, uh, I know from having two sisters on the team that, that the expectations are high for them, and it's high in the household. I know talking to them, um, they're, they're wanting a state championship um, trophy after devastation last week, last season, um, falling to Huntington there. And they learned a lot from that. And really their first two games this season, they went through some adversity as well and uh, fought through it like I haven't seen them since watching them grow up and playing so you can definitely tell this is a different Buchanan team uh, than, than than last season just by the growth from last year you have two sisters on the team you just mentioned so you've you've been able to watch them grow up and not only that they but their teammates as well so you've you've watched this group basically from the time they were just learning how to dribble a basketball how how big is that for that community I know we talked about that a lot last year, but um, you go from, hey, they're having a great year, let's get behind them, to, you know, we should win this whole thing this year. Or, or it, you know, some people would say it's a failure. I don't think wins and losses determine success on the court, but that's a different story too. But um, how are they handling the expectations of, uh, of being a title contender? You mentioned the family as well. There's three sets of sisters on the team, so that, that's a pretty cool aspect to it as well. When you're talking just previously with, with about Wheeling Central, about their family atmosphere, this team for Buchanan really feels like a family as well, one big family. Uh, but, again, you really saw the community support behind them in that state championship game against Huntington. I remember um, looking at the doors to get into the game, and it was 90% uh, Buchanan. They were there already early. Uh, that's how, that's how it is in Buchanan. Uh, growing up there and having my family from there for generations. That when you have success, the community enjoys it. And knowing with being with the Buchanan Sports Network, they just started it last season, uh, really get, getting it going and really built off the support of the community, wanting to hear their their teams playing because the local affiliates, radio affiliates, didn't 
uh, dropped all the athletics on the radio, so they're looking for a way to, to listen to the local local teams. And then with the girls' success last season, new sponsors have come on uh, to the Buccaneers Sports Network, so it's really growing as well. Um, so, so I think the girls are handling, handling it well. They they had a lot of experience handling it with the state state championship game last year. It was packed full of Buccaneers people, and that's that's really the vibe around the community. Everybody's asking each other. When, when do the girls play? And I know just on the Facebook page for Buchanan, for the Buccaneers Sports Network, people asking were the last two games home because they wanted to go see them, but they had to travel, so they listened to us as well. And having a viewership online of 300 to 500 people for a first first two couple games of the season is huge for, for Buchanan, where when it started out, there were under 100, under 50 uh, listeners for each game. So it's definitely growing, and the girls are, are off of that as well. Hey, Dylan, this is Joe Linville. Do you think that loss puts a bigger drive into the team, you know, as they focus on this season wanting to get back to Charleston? Yes, I think it does, especially after that fourth quarter, because it was close up for the first three quarters, and that fourth quarter got away from them. And I think that's really getting to me, especially their leader in Hannah McClung. She's a Division II basketball commit heading to Lenore Ryan after this season. All she's talking about, and she's one of the hardest workers you'll ever meet, hardest working athletes in general, is Hannah. And all she talks about is, is winning that state championship. That's her goal. And I think her as a leader of the team, that, that's that's spreading. Because my sisters, uh, they're thriving off of her, her energy that Hannah brings to the team week in and week out. So I think you have to contribute that to Hannah McClung, that senior point guard really driving that team uh, to get back to Charleston. It should be an excellent, fun season for the Buccaneers. Dylan, thanks so much. We look forward to hearing from you again next week. Thank you guys for having me. All right, that's Dylan Godet of the Buccaneers Sports Network. We've got to step aside and take another break. When we come back after the break, we'll have another check of your basketball uh, night scoreboard. That's the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. We'll also hear from Brad Knapper, head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Boys Basketball Team. The Tigers, a big win tonight over Polka. We'll also hear from our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Maybe in the next segment or the two segments next. or, you know, there's a long-running joke with that. But all of that and much more, hour one in the books, hour two coming up on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen in on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKS in Wheeling. 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox. WBES Charleston, 9.50 a.m., 101.9 FM, 12.90 a.m., WVLW Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, The Ticket, 
102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 statewide on Network West Virginia on Suddenlink. Streaming online high-definition video can also be found on our website at basketballnight.com. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. This is Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along as we make our way through the opening Friday night of the boys' season. This is the second Friday night for the girls' basketball season. Their calendar begins a week earlier. Um, one week now removed from the Super 6, and it's right in the basketball season. And a full slate of games across the Mountain State. Um, for many, it's their favorite time of year. Um, it's one of my favorite times of year. I love all the sports. I'll be honest with you, too. Like, I love all the sports. Um, we host a radio show um, that's basketball-related. I love football. I love baseball. I love the state tournaments. Um, you I just, like volleyball? I actually <laughs> – I, I do. I, I do like volleyball. I, do. It's um, in, I went to my first high school girls volleyball recently and really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was really shocked. Yeah, the athleticism is a lot better than what you might think when you go in. And, uh, and the growing a, sport in this state high school-wise is swimming. Soccer. Swimming. Uh, soccer, too, yeah. but swimming is getting big around the state. Yeah, and um, it, it's incredible to me that in a state with shrinking population – there are probably more kids getting college opportunities through athletics now than at any other time. There have been some big names in the past. I don't know that we have that big name right now in high school. Maybe we do somewhere, but we'll, that'll play out over time. But uh, we we have a lot of kids that are uh, getting opportunities at the next level. But you're here for basketball. You're here for basketball scores. In a moment, we'll talk with Brad Knapper, head coach of the Chapmanville boys basketball team. We'll also talk about Anderson, our resident referee. But first, it's time for another check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Bill, you've got the boys. Now i got the boys, and we start off with the uh – Actually, with the uh, Elkins Tigers meeting Magnolia this evening, and Elkins gets the win over the Blue Eagles of Magnolia, 65-46. to Grab the Bearcats. They lose a close one to Ripley, 55-54. Big win tonight for the Chapmanville Tigers. Of course, we're going to talk to Coach Knapper of Chapmanville momentarily. Chapmanville beat Polka, 86-41. The Lincoln Cougars, the winners tonight over Braxton County's Eagles, 66-62. University beat uh, Buchanan Upshur 
78-53. Couple of Triple A teams going at it there. Buffalo gets a win tonight over the Wahama White Falcons, 46-41. Charleston Catholic, they open the season, 51-43 winners over the Sherman Tide. Fanville gets a win tonight over Meadow Bridge, 62-58. Close game, final from uh, down in uh, Fairly, West Virginia. Hurricane knocks off the Greenbrier East Spartan, 77-75. Greenbrier West went over Independence tonight, 50-43. It was North Marion, 74, Liberty Harrison, 45. Shady Spring Tigers get a win tonight over Liberty Raleigh, 94-37. It was Van, 72, Lincoln County, 68. Logan Wildcats beat Scott tonight, 92-70. Morgantown over Preston, 57-34. Mountview beat Riverview, 67-49. Nitro, victorious over Nicholas County, 75-69. Oak Hill. All over Pikeville, 90, Pike, Pike View, that is, 93-34. Parkersburg falls to Musselman this evening, 56-50. It was Philip Barber beating Parkersburg Catholic, 37-25. Actually, that's a halftime score. Ritchie County falls to Ravenswood, 84-35. Valley Fayette beats Webster County, 67-53. Brook falls to Fairmont Senior, 87-35. And it was Silver Oak Academy in Maryland losing to the Hedgesville Eagles 60-33. Now taking a look at the girls' side of the scoreboard tonight. And a tournament up in Williamstown. It was the Willing Central defeating the Polka Dots 92-54. In the game we talked about earlier down at Tulsa, George Washington defeated Wayne 57-54. It was Summers County, the Bobcats, down the Mavericks of James Monroe 60-39. Moorfield uh, defeated the East Hardy Cougars 42-28. The Tyler Consol Knights over St. Mary's 61-47. Midland Trail down the Lumberjacks of Richwood 77-45. Shady Spring fell to Riverview tonight 75-26. It was the Renegades West Side down the Man Hillbillies 62-32. Uh, East Fairmont fell to Hurricane tonight, 82-44, and it was Ambassador Christian over Tug Valley, 50-43. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. We'll get we'll get used to that. <laughs> we appreciate the Marsh, Marshall University Sports Journalism as well for uh, sponsoring the scoreboard, and uh, we'll smoothen that out as we get used to it. It's habits die hard. Four years worth of doing it one way, and now, now, changed. now, now, we're, now we're working on it. But we, we promise to do better again. We thank them for that. You know, Brad Knapper is the head coach of the Chapmanville boys basketball team. The Tigers made it all the way to the AA state championship game last year before falling to Fairmont Senior in a very good ball game. But Fairmont Senior able to get that win last year. Chapmanville opens the season tonight with a win at the Dot Dome over Polka. By a final of 86 to 41, a 45 point road victory. Coach Napper joins us now. First off, Coach, congratulations on your victory tonight. Coach Napper, do you hear us? Yes, I hear you. There I we go. You. All right, Coach Napper, congratulations on uh, your team's uh, victory tonight over Poca. Thank you very much. It was uh, it's actually the first time I've ever won there as a, as a head coach. So it was it was a pretty uh, sweet victory. Let's just say there are a lot of coaches in West Virginia that have played 
there and not won. So that's uh, that's definitely uh, again. I know they're in a rebuild, but still, that's uh, an impressive victory tonight. I know that's your first game out this year. Your thoughts on how your team performed? Um, I thought I thought we were pretty good. Um, we had some defensive breakdowns, um, especially early in the game. But I, 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 overall, I was pretty pleased. We we uh, we had a lot of energy. Our guys uh, came off the bench uh, early in the game and gave us a really good spark when we were struggling a little bit in the first quarter. And, and uh, you know, it was just a great overall team uh, win. And I was pretty proud of the guys. Well, expectations have risen there. Expectations seems to be the word of the night so far. And uh, with what that ball club did a year ago, uh, having the, the talent coming back, uh, you know, there are uh, there are teams out there that are going to try to that, that are going to challenge you, um, you know, long before Charleston. I know that's a long way off, and I know as a coach you're probably taking it uh, practice by practice at this point still. But uh, how have you managed those expectations, uh, especially with a kid like Drew Williamson uh, in his senior year, and you know, obviously he's not the only one who's a big factor for your club. Yeah, it's uh, you know we talk to the guys almost daily, you know that. That you know you got a, sort of got a target on your back now, and you know uh, you know people know who we are now, and and know about our guys, and and you know we're going to get most people's best shot every night, and and um, you know getting the guys, you got to come out ready to play each and every night, and, and come to practice and work and try to get better, you know, and and we saw a lot of things tonight that that we need to improve on and, and get better at, but you know, and, and that's the key I think is is you just keep improving throughout the year and try to be playing your best basketball season in March your best you know play your best at March coaches Joe Linville you know again this year the Cardinal Conference is a very talented bunch of ball clubs your thoughts on that yeah I mean if you look at our conference it's it's brutal it really is you know um and and our you know talking about tournament wise our section and region you know is, is really really good you know you talk about you know Mingo Central uh, you know, come out third in the polls, and, and they're very, very good. And, and Logan's very good. Winfield's very good. Nitro's going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think they they got a really good ball club. Uh, you know, uh, Poker's going to be really good, I think, towards the end of the year. they got some young kids, but, but they have some, some guys that's, that's going to be really good players, and, and I think you'll see Poco continue to improve throughout the year. Uh, so, you know, there is really no bad ball clubs in our conference. How do you so take I, I think it's, it's, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say, how do you how do you continue to ride that momentum from you know hitting that final game last year, you know, through the off season, and continue that momentum as you start into a new season? Well, I mean, I, I you know I think our guys got a little bit of a little taste of of what it feels like to play in that state championship game, and and they've been really, uh, really, really incredibly good about working hard in the off season, especially you know after our run last year, they. They've pretty much lived in the weight room. Uh, they've gotten a lot better. A lot of our young kids have, have really improved. And, and uh, you know, I think our young guys are going to surprise a lot of people this year, um, guys that played some last year but are, are stepping up this year, and they're, they're a lot better players. They're a lot bigger. They're a lot stronger. Um, and I think our guys got a little taste of that last year. And, and you know, they've, they've worked really hard to try to get back to that level. And ho- hopefully, like I said, we can continue to improve and, and, and maybe have a chance to go back to the state tournament and, and, and try to you know, win the last game this time. You've got a 6'9 sophomore forward named Obina Anachili Killen. 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 I was really hoping I could 
sucker you into saying that name before I did. But um, nonetheless, you did a good job, right? Well, you know, not not bad for a first effort. But uh, he's getting Division One looks already. How has he handled that? I know that can be a lot to throw on a young man. Um, he's actually very good with it. He's he's a very humble kid. He he works extremely hard. I mean, he's people that seen him last year play, and you're going to see a whole different guy this year. I mean, he's 25 pounds heavier. He's grew a couple inches, uh, so he, you know, he just looks a lot better if you just look at him. And, and he works extremely hard in the weight room, and he's always, you know, wanting to go in the gym and shoot and work on his game. And and um, you know, and he's played a lot of AAU ball this summer and in the spring. And you know, he's he's a much improved player, especially offensively. You know, I think tonight he, uh, I think he only missed one shot tonight. I think he had 18 points, and uh, so he. You know he was pretty good tonight, and he only he only played he only played less than half a game. So, um, you know I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Well, the Tigers one and zero now. Play again next Friday night against Scott on the road. Coach Brad Napper of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers Boys Basketball Club. Always appreciate you uh, talking with us when we get a chance, and uh, certainly wish you the best throughout the season. And I'm sure we'll be catching up again before too awful long. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, once again, that's Coach Brad Napper. Let's go right back to the phones. Bo Anderson in a moment, but first, <laughs> but first, Bill Nestor is the voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles of WPDX in Clarksburg. He joins us now. Bill, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Guys, I've been waiting for this for quite some time. Looking forward to <laughs> talking with you guys on a weekly basis, and uh, it's Christmas early for me, guys. <laughs> you don't miss football? <laughs> I do miss football. You know, I had a chance to do something, you know. But football is exciting. Love it. But you know, talking to you guys, it's fantastic. I mean, it it is a Friday night thrill for me each and every week. There's no doubt about it. I'll tell you, we, we've kind of all developed our own family here at Basketball Friday Night um, with all the, the, the folks who uh, are throughout the state that we, we get a chance to talk to, uh, sometimes every Friday night, sometimes a couple of Friday nights. Every now and then it's just somebody you just talk to or you run into out and about. But um, Robert C. Bird last year fell in the regional final, an emotional regional final uh, against Herbert Hoover in a game at George Washington. Um, I know that you were, you were kind enough to come on and talk with us after that game about your perspective from that game. Uh, that was a very special game for the uh, Elk View and uh, Falling Rock and Clendenin communities after all they went through a year ago with the flooding. But uh, for Robert C. Bird, new year and a ball club that opens up tomorrow uh, with Brooke. What are the expectations for the Eagles this year? Well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of optimism uh, coming into this season. RCB returns four full-time starters and another player that, that had a chance to start periodically throughout the season. So they've got a lot of experience coming back. Uh, all those guys coming back average five and a half points or more, which is good because you've got a good mix of post players and perimeter players that can score in different situations. So there's not really one guy to key on, which is a good thing in terms of of being able to uh, to get some things going offensively. For this team uh, this year, guys, I think the, the big thing for them is to be able to put points on the board. Last year, RCB 9-2 and when they could score 60 points or more. Uh, so once they got the offense rolling, things went well. Last year, not as deep as 
what we've seen from the Flying Eagle squad in years past. Uh, this year, you look at some newcomers coming in, and head coach Bill Bennett's got an opportunity to do what he likes to do best, which is to press full court to get an up-tempo game the entire time to try to wear teams down, and, and most importantly, to try to get some easy buckets in transition so he gets those numbers up. So a lot of optimism about what he has coming in and the players that fit the mold that he likes to play and the style that he wants to see on the floor. So yeah, everybody's excited about what should be a great year for this playing your team. Should be a lot of fun. I know that um, a little bit of a late start. I mean, yeah, the boys' season started Tuesday, starting you know on Saturday, uh, for uh, Robert C. Bird. But let's look uh, for a moment here, and uh, unfortunately we don't have too much time, but we can talk about this here a little bit. The Big Ten this year, I think Fairmont Senior is obviously the favorite in that conference and in that area. North Marion is, uh, has uh, hopes for a, a good season as well in that uh, area. And uh, beyond that, though, I mean, you know, Robert C. Bird and North Marion, I think, are right there for – uh, trying to find a place in behind Fairmont Senior, at least going into the year, and with all the experience that Bird has back. I mean, if that team continues to grow and progress throughout the season, uh, you know, you get Bird in a one-game scenario, that can be a rough night. Ron, I agree with you. And and really, RCB would have started tonight, actually. Uh, they've been a part of this polar bear tip-off at Fairmont Senior the last several years, but they had a team that uh, kind of pulled out of that at the last minute so that's why RCB doesn't play tonight. They play tomorrow. So I had a chance to go over and take a look at that Fairmont senior team you just mentioned, and they are lights out. They handled Brooke rather easily. I think they had five dunks in about a three-minute span. Uh, they just they look fantastic. You know, they're an exceptional team, and they're, they're going to be the team to beat in the Big Ten Conference, no doubt about it. You mentioned North Marion. Uh, you know, they've got one of the best centers in the state, a Division One prospect, and they're going to, they're going to go through him offensively and defensively, he's just a, a paint dominator. So you've got to find a way to, to score some points against that Husky team. And, and then the rest of the Big Ten is talented, but RCB right there with the rest of the squads. And so, so it's going to be a, a deep Big Ten. It's going to be a, a trying year. Uh, but you look at it and you say, well, you know, it's all a measuring stick anyway. It's all in preparation for the postseason. And so for RCB, they couldn't be in a better place and a very good, solid Big Ten this year. And Bill, you, you're uh, you, the club. Uh, they they really uh, jump into it pretty quickly because there's seven games scheduled this month alone. They're they're not easing their way into the schedule, and included in this December schedule are big rivalry games of these Fairmont and of course Bridgeport Senior. You're exactly right. Those rivalry games bring out the best in everyone, and you know it, it's uh, for RCB. Those rivalry games seem to bring in the crowds. In the last few years, guys, the, the crowds have been a little bit lower than they'd like. So when you get those rivalry games, uh, those players get a chance to see what it's like to play with the stress and the pressure. And, and to do it early in the year, I think that's a great thing for a lot of these younger guys. And then you throw in a game, you've got Oak Hill coming to town as well and some other teams that are going to be right there in the mix. So, yeah, it's going to be a very busy December, and it'll give Coach Bennett a chance to see where uh, his team's at. And, and you know, the interesting thing with this Flangel team is that you're looking at three or four freshmen that could potentially get uh, a truckload of minutes. And uh, depending on how they respond, everybody looks good in practice. But when you tip it up and you play in a varsity game you know, in, in the prime time, then you find out what you've got. And so he's looking at different combinations with a lot of these freshmen. 
and getting this many games in early, fellas, gives them an opportunity to see who's going to be able to step up and produce when you need him come game time. And then he's going to make some adjustments from there. But, Joe, when you've got so many games early like this, it's exciting to see, uh, you know, really to see where you're, where you're at and what you need to work on and what you need to improve on. So it should be an interesting December here. Hey, Bill, this is Joe Linville. Real quickly, you was talking about those dunks by Fairmont. I looked up their roster. Three of their starters are 6'2", 6'5", 6'6". High school. They're huge, Joe. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I can and, see and Joe, they're, they get off the floor, too. Let me tell you right now, these guys have incredible verticals. They're, they're athletic. They're long. They're strong. Uh, they don't have the big girth inside, uh, but they're all – basketball players in terms of their abilities uh, you know but they they lack a true post player right now currently obviously with with coming off that playoff run in football but you're right they're long they're athletic and the thing that they do and i really i credit coach uh Retton for what he's done with this group he extends the game when you play a full court press like like fairmont senior does he he is able to pressure and and no pass is easy just to get into an offensive set is difficult for teams. And to get a good look is even harder than that. So it just becomes a chore. It takes a lot of, a lot of energy away from teams. And, and really, if he decides to put his foot on the gas and pressure full court the entire game with the depth he has, he wears teams down. And we saw it last year. It's their blueprint for success. And I think they're going to continue. Based on what I saw against Brooke tonight, they're going to do the same thing. And those guys that looked great last year, Look even better because they've hit the weight room. So they're they're looking they're looking really good here early on. And and the big thing for a team like Fairmont Senior guys is making sure that everybody gets opportunities to get on the floor, and that your players get touches and shots, so that everybody stays in tune with what's going on. I mean that's the biggest problem for Coach Retton, which I guess is really a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think he'll I think he'll accept that as a problem and just he'll he'll work through it. He'll he'll Absolutely. manage. Yeah, Bill, always a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show. Look forward to talking to you next Friday. Thank you very much. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg, the voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson's on hold. They didn't say we talked to him. I say he's on hold. Uh, but we do want to talk to him about points of emphasis this year, things that you might see that are a little bit different on the floor. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to dominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Also, another feature we have, it's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. 
You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. We'd like you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to be part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. You can also send us a text with scores to 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Text your scores there. Check it out, basketballnight.com, the daily hoops roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1024 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. Rick Marone is coaching. coaching. <laughs> yes, and the... Uh, Barbara J. Marone, key player. That's why they call him Coach Rick Marone. That's right, yeah. I mean, that's not just uh, an honorary title. He is the head coach of the (laughs) Tulsa Lady Rebels, and uh, they're hosting their uh, tournament uh, tonight and tomorrow. Um, I believe they're playing Lawrence County, Kentucky tonight. And uh, that's always a little bit of a a cross-river rivalry. A border battle. Yes. Yes. And um, ironically, uh, Lawrence County High School is closer to Fort Gay than Tulsa High School is to Fort Gay, West Virginia, which True. is where a bulk of the Tulsa students uh, come from. It's from that area. But there's your little geography lesson for the day. Um, let's go back to the phone lines, and we're not going to make him wait any longer. At only 30 minutes, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, welcome back to the program. Well, you know, Ron, it's a good thing that you weren't going to make me wait because I'm sitting here in the car at a restaurant while my buddies are in there eating, and I'm hungry. <laughs> Did you tell them what you wanted to order? <laughs> well, no, because I was afraid by the time I got done uh, telling them what I wanted to order, it'd be cold. <laughs> um, Bo, every year there are different points of emphasis. And first off, I want to say Bo Anderson is an official, uh, calls games in West Virginia, Ohio. Um, throughout the course of the season and is kind enough to take his time out to talk with us about any rules, interpretations. Uh, you know, we don't get into good call, bad call. We get into more or less game administration standpoint. Officials have a lot on their plates. I don't know if, any, if people realize just how much they have to do uh, over the course of a game and just how much they kind of oversee. But uh, Bo always kind enough to join us and answer our questions and sometimes pose questions and sometimes talk about the things that he's run across while he's been uh, out calling four or five games or, or more in a given week. And uh, first question, Bo, any points of emphasis this year that we need to know about? Well, the things you're going to see new, there's two or three new things this year. Nothing that anybody would really stand out, but uh, one of the things is the coaching box is extended. It's now 28 feet, so it goes from the end line up to the where the old hash mark would have been. So now they have a whole 28 feet that they can uh, coach in. 
Um, and, you know, that's that's not anything major, but uh, that's something that, uh, you know, you might notice they're allowed a little bit more now. Um, one of the new things is uh, warning the coach now you actually – now you don't have to as an official, but you can actually sound the whistle during the game and give a warning to the coach for – being out of the box for, you know, whatever, the you know, uh, sportsmanship on the bench, whatever it may be, you can warn a coach now and give them one warning per game if you want to. That doesn't mean you have to. If it's bad enough and you think you need to call the technical, then we can actually call the technical foul without a warning. That's just something they put in there new. Um, a mechanic thing that you'll see the officials doing now uh, that is new, is will now report fouls with two hands. Uh, that's been coming for a long time. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a lot more clear to the scores table. It's a lot more clear to the bookkeepers. Um, and uh, it's a lot more clear to everybody. Um, I, I like that change. That's a change that I think is overdue for a long time. Um, you know, uh, we don't moder- modern ourselves after the NBA uh, but the NBA's been doing it for years. Uh, the college women went to it. And then sometimes in the men's, I think that goes kind of conference by conference. But uh, most of the time now you'll see TN reporting. But in high school, that is uh, a new mechanic for us. That's that's about your basic changes that if you really know the game, you might see a difference. If not, you're not going to see a whole lot of difference except for somebody blows the whistle and announces a warning on that particular coach for a particular team. Well, I, I do have two questions, and these are just uh, things that I noticed, and it, it, it relates to what you're talking about. I've only been able to make it to one high school game so far this year. But um, I did notice the two hands uh, to uh, signify the, the number on the foul. If the number's in single digits, are you still told to hold up a fist for a zero? Well, no. That should okay. just be number one, two, three, four, or five. That should just be one hand. It's only mm-hmm. when it's a double digit. You know, now you would have, you know, you can either have on your team zero or double zero. If you have double zero, obviously you would report, you know, two zeros on, on both hands. If you have a single zero, it would be zero. But on one, two, three, four, and five, that's just a one-hand segment. All right, because I, I did see a two-hand signal on that, and that's that was what kind of caught my attention no. on that. And, and again, no, that, it's early in the season; everybody's getting used to it. So that's well, yeah, you got guys that's called for a long time, and they're they're just now getting you know in the train of thought of it. And a lot of those scrimmages, they don't keep books or anything, so they really don't get to practice it that much in those scrimmages that they're working. And um, I'm very fortunate that I myself that I've adopted the changes very quickly. You know, of course, this, I'm starting my 35th year here, so I've seen a lot of changes. Well, Bo, Bill Cornwell here, number one, I am so happy about the two-hand thing because uh, these guys were showing a, a hand, showing a, a number, and then turning a fist and trying to show the other number. Sometimes you couldn't see the number. So I'm, I love the two-hand uh, foul thing. Another thing that uh, I, I see that I, I know that officials have to watch for, I've noticed in both the high school and the college game, even already this year, there's a lot of kids that will check into the game will not check in with the scorekeeper. They, they will literally walk off the bench onto the court. And, I mean, that's obviously something you officials have to watch for. 
Oh, certainly, yeah. You know, we try to, you know, especially early in the year, kids get excited. The coach tells them to get in, and they're ready to go. Yeah. And we try to, you know, as long as they don't get out there and are participating and we don't have any issues, you know, we try to get them to stop and get to the table and, and uh, you know, report like they should. Um, you know, we work on that all, you know, especially early on in the year. Um, usually it gets better by the end. I, I haven't really had that yet. Most generally they will get to the table or we'll try to assist them to the table. Uh, but, um, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, they get, they get ready to get in the game, and then uh, sometimes, uh, and we have to work on our timers. Uh, when we're reporting a foul and there's subs there, they need to wait till we finish all our report, and then we'll get the sub in. They're not going to, we're not going to play till we put the ball in play. And sometimes they get a little impatient, and want to run out there before we actually beckon them in, and we got to send them back and say, "Hang on, just a minute, till we get finished." And then we'll get you in the game. We know you want in there. <laughs> <laughs> and my final question, Bo, and I apologize that we're running a little bit tight on time here, is you mentioned the coach's box. Now, the extension of that coach's box was toward the baseline, correct? Yeah, down to the end line, twenty-eight foot. Now you have some odd gyms. Uh, where it's going to be hard to, to mark that yeah. off. Um, and uh, so, you know, you're going to have to have a little bit. Your coaching box is going to look a little odd, but you actually have a 28-foot coach's box that should start from the end line and work towards, you know, the court. But, you know, in some cases that's not always going to be because the gyms are, are a little bit uh, crazy when it comes to how they were designed, and some of them are so old that they – you know, they weren't even thinking of coaching boxes back then. So that makes it a little bit tough for some. But, yes, uh, it starts the inline, works its way up 28 feet, and that's that's where your coach's box should be. And I only bring that up because I know you're familiar with the setup at Wayne, and I did public address for a game at Wayne. And uh, uh, one of the coaches from the opposite side actually passed me up while coaching and I was very confused <laughs> and blocking your and no one no one said anything and now I, I still think that he was beyond the box but that that did happen and I was very much like what just happened here well you know they're you know they should not be unless truly they should not be in front of the scores table now that's a definite no-no uh, and there really is not much exception to that at all. I do know a couple of gyms where if they put 28 foot, it would be in front of the sports <laughs> table. But, and as officials, you know, we're not going to catch everything, obviously. We've got a game to watch. The coaches get excited. They do get out. If we see them get out, you know, we can try to talk them back into the box. If they're out bad enough, we can hit the whistle and say, okay, warning for the coach being out of the box. Or, you know, we can immediately call the tackle if we want to. You know, we look at it from the standpoint of, you know, we know they're going to get excited coaching as long as they're not fussing at us. We can talk them back into the box, uh, use a little uh, what I always teach in the officials class, common sense, and try to get them back in there and tell them to stay in there. And then, you know, if they want to continue to get out, fine. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to see them all the time because, you know, we've got a game to referee to. But when we catch it, yeah, we got to move them back because, uh, yeah, they can't be in front of the scores table. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard enough for the scorekeepers and the timers to be able to see the game sometimes to start with, depending on the position of the table. So we, you know, we've got to we've got to be able to get them back in their box, and it's definite now that they've got 28 feet to work with. 
All right, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Always appreciate him taking his time out to talk with us. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll have another check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Also, we'll talk with David Hall, WDMX Mix 100, Williamstown Boys and Girls Basketball. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for calling in. Call us toll-free tonight, 855-784-6677. We want to hear from you and about your teams and your game. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, of course. Thanks to all of our new followers. We've got tons of them. We appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's score. Give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup and all those pictures if you're watching tonight on YouTube Network West Virginia or uh, on Comcast Channel 25 here in the Huntington area well those come from you send them to us at hoops underscore roundup shout out to some of our newest followers including Coach Elliot Dustin Brown Jake Graham the Lady Cardinals Alan Kyle Mountain Man Jenny Ammons, Debbie Cumston, Mark Hyatt, Ribby Dixon, Dominic, Brendan Lees, Thomas Auto Centers, and Mary Beth Varney Hunt. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.37 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're running a little bit behind here, so we're going to go fast. It's time for our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. In the boys' side, it was Tyler consolidated over the Cameron Dragon 64-60. Magnolia fell to Elkins 65-46. Oak Glen over Southside Beaver, Pennsylvania 52-49. In a tight one, it was Ripley over Grafton 55-54. Chapmanville, big winners tonight over Polka 86-41. Braxton County fell to Lincoln. 62-66. It was University over Buckhannon Upshur, 78-53. Buffalo, the Bisons over Wahama, 46-41. Charleston Catholic down the Sherman Tide tonight, 51-43. 
It was Fayetteville over Meadowbridge, 62-58. And another close one, Hurricane down Greenbrier East. And that game went to overtime, 77-75. And Greenbrier West winners tonight over Independence, 50-43. Tiger Valley down Harmon, 69 37. It was North Marion over Liberty Harrison, 74-45. Shady Spring, big winners tonight over Liberty Raleigh, 94-37. And another close one, it was the Van Bulldogs over the Lincoln County Panthers, 72-68. The Wildcats, Logan down the Scouts of Scott, 92-70. It was the Morgantown Mohegans over Preston tonight, 57-34. Riverview fell to Mountview, 67-49. Nitro winners tonight over Nicholas County, 75-69. Oak Hill, the Red Devils, big winners tonight over Pikeview, 93-34. It was Musselman over Parkersburg of Big Reds, 56-50. Bella Barber over Parkersburg Catholic, 47-39. Ravenswood over Ritchie County, 84-35. It was uh, Webster County falling to Valley Fayette, 67-53. Brooke fell to the Polar Bears of Fairmont Senior, 87-35. And it was Hedgesville, big winners tonight over Silver Oak Academy, 60-33. On the girls' side, uh, start off with the the Williamstown Tournament, uh, Wheeling Central Catholic all over the Polka Dots, 92-54. In the Tulsa Tournament, um, the uh, Barbara Marone Memorial Tournament, George Washington uh, gets by with a three-point win, 57-54, over the Wayne Pioneers. Summers County beats uh, James Monroe tonight, 60-39. It was Craig County, Virginia, over Montcalm, 46-39. Moorefield over East Hardy, 42-28. This was in the Hardy County Girls Hardwood Classic. Elsewhere, it was Tyler Consolidated beating St. Mary's 61-47. Midland Trail over Richwood 77-45. Riverview over Shady Springs 75-26. Westside beats the Man Hillbillies 62-32. East Fairmont uh, falls to Hurricane 82-44. Big night for Mary Rogashevsky of Hurricane. 27 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists. So a double-double. Uh, almost a triple double for Mary Rogashevsky in that one. Uh, it was St. Francis, Maryland beating St. Joe 61 to 20. Uh, Spring Valley uh, gets uh, their season started off with a 49 33 win over Ripley. Pocahontas County over Bath County, Virginia 53 14. And that's a look at the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. There you have it. In all of its glory tonight, uh, a scoreboard that is uh, filling up, a scoreboard that we're still working to get uh, final scores on. I know a lot of games, you have tournaments, you have some late starts. Hey, we're with you till midnight. If you can finish it before midnight and let us know, we'll get that score on for you tonight. David Hall, WDMX Mix 100 in Williamstown. He covers Williamstown boys and girls basketball. So kind to hang in with us here um, tonight. And, uh, David great to be here guys yeah great to have yeah. you uh, girls basketball tonight in Hi. Williamstown a couple of uh, uh, big matchups there yeah the Donnie Fenton shootout it's one of the great tournaments every year in Williamstown and four teams were here tonight Clay County Lady Panthers Polka Lady Dots Wheeling Central and Williamstown the guys the big thing is Wheeling Central they took on the opening night they defeated the Polka Dots they beat a 92-54 to I gotta tell you 
Wheeling Central's got everybody back. Eden Gaynor looks strong tonight, guys. 27 points. The girl can play. Kayla Duplaga, 18 points. They look really good. And I got to tell you, what's interesting, they won 22 games last year leading into the semifinal state championship. Williamstown, as you can remember, knocked them off for that, that win. Williamstown wins tonight, 83-53. to 53. Guys, it sets up a great game tomorrow. About 2.30, we're going to cover that game, the championship game. The Wheeling Central girls will take on the Williamstown Lady Jackets and Fred Sorrow, and we'll be calling. That's going to be a great matchup. Should be a, a very, very good game. And, uh, you know, this Williamstown girls team now 2-0 and on the season. Uh, obviously a ball club that uh, likes to get up and down the floor. They, do, they basically press you from the opening tip sometimes. Um, how about the yeah, boys team could. now? The boys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're one and zero. They picked up a win over Wood County Christian on Tuesday, sixty-seven thirty-three yeah. to the final in that one. And uh, moving well, into a game with uh, Tyler Consolidated later this week. Yeah, I tell you, my broadcast partner, you guys may recognize recognize this name, Coach Butch Powell, mm-hmm. longtime basketball <laughs> coach. He's old Butch, you know Butch. Everybody knows Butch. So he's with me, and uh, they took on uh, Wood County Christian, sixty-seven thirty-three. The interesting thing, guys, when have you known two sets of brothers playing on a basketball team? Cut right, cut right, Carruthers and Carruthers. Very young basketball team. They have a freshman starting only the second time ever. A freshman, Xavier Carruthers, started Tuesday night. They have his brother, Boston Carruthers, a sophomore. They have, uh, on the other side, they have cut right and cut right, a junior and a sophomore. Very young basketball team. They're going to be tested, though, I think really strong Tuesday night. We're going to go up to Tyler. It was a good game up there, and Rick Leach is coaching up there, so that's going to be fun. We're going to go up there Tuesday night, tip off at 7.30, Coach Powell and I, so that'll be a good game, and I think that'll be a good test for these young guys. And jump, Jumping right in. I mean, the, the season is... Uh... Yeah, basketball season is a busy time on the broadcasters, and for you guys, it, it, it's it's almost every night of the week. It is, you know, and by day I'm a chiropractor, and by night I do the radio, <laughs> so whatever it takes. And uh, i got to tell you guys, not only do I do the radio, but I do, uh, do a part-time athletic trainer for the kids as well, helping them. But, you know, the big thing is they go to Tyler the following Thursday that Ritchie County comes in. And then after that, it's St. Mary's. And, you know, anytime St. Mary's comes in, you know that's going to be a basketball game. Last year, half-court uh, throw-in by uh, St. Mary's. They defeated the Jackets. They went to overtime. So, yeah, basketball's getting big in Williamstown. And, you know, sometimes you think of football in Williamstown, but basketball is, is doing real well. And tomorrow i got to tell the folks at home what a great game we're going to cover it on WDMX Mix 100. We're going to cover the game, the, the uh, championship Donnie Penn shootout, the Yellow Jacket girls, and the Wheeling Central Catholic, a good early matchup. To see what these two teams have. That should be a whole lot of fun. David Hall, thank you so much. Great being a part of you guys and uh, look forward to this year and hanging out with you. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Sounds like a lot of fun. David Hall, WDMX Mix 100 in Williamstown. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll have Brandon Gregory, WRSG. He broadcasts Tyler Consolidated. We'll talk about the Silver Knights and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and we keep mentioning all those people following us on Twitter. Thanks for doing that. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Something else we want you to do, send us pictures from your games, and we will feature them. If you're watching right now on YouTube, Periscope, Network West Virginia, or anywhere we have video, you'll be able to see all those pictures from your games. Send them to us, and we'll put them out there. Hey, don't forget, tonight at midnight, we will have a new poll question. We haven't decided what that is yet, but it's a poll question. You'll have all week to vote in that, and we'll tell you the results at the end of the show next week. A shout-out to some of our newest followers, including Jason McGrew, Julia Work, Deanna Stanley, Ido Soul, Jason Whitehead, Sammy Lusk, B.L. Cook, Sean Moran, Tim Rush, David Johnson of the Logan Wildcat basketball team. Thank you very much for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Also following us tonight, Thomas Auto Centers, Mary Beth Varney Hunt, Dave Harvey, Rick Elmore, the University Athletic Department, Leisha Atkins, Stephen Dawson, Joe Wetzel. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. We'd like to hear from you tonight. Call us 855-784-6677. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1048 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Still looking forward to hearing from the Coach Rick Marone. A little bit later on, the Lady Rebels of Tulsa High School played tonight in the nightcap of a, of a doubleheader uh, at home in the Barber J. Marone key player shootout. They lost to Lawrence County. We'll get that in the full scoreboard a little bit later on, but I'll set up uh, Wayne and Tulsa tomorrow in the con- consolation game, and I'll set up Lawrence County, Kentucky, and George Washington in the championship game tomorrow. So that should be a lot of uh, fun down there at Rebel Arena. Now let's go to Brandon Gregory, WRSG. They cover Tyler Consolidated and the Silver Knights. And um, Brandon with us now. Brandon, basketball season kind of hits you, uh, almost like it hits you with a full-court press because when when it's time to go, it's it's full bore till March. Yeah, well, and I I just finished football season uh, two weeks ago, so they texted me Wednesday. I was like, hey, are you ready to do a game on Friday? I'm like, Sure, I completely <laughs> am part. So, yeah, it was good to get back in tonight. And uh, Tyler consolidated the girls, uh, went 10 deep and beat St. Mary's uh, 61-47. Uh, Joey Walton was big. had uh, She had a double-double, points and rebounds. Uh, Josie Jones was big, handling the press, or creating pressure, excuse me. And then, uh, you know, the guards, Peyton Coward did a nice job uh, distributing basketball. Uh, really good all-around team effort. I mean, th- these girls play hard. It's a junior-driven uh, group with only one senior. And, um, like I said, they go 10 deep, and uh, they-, they play really hard. 
and uh, they got a, they got a good win tonight. This is a good quality win. You know, St. Mary's is is rebuilding a little bit. They're a little bit young. They play a lot of freshmen and sophomores, but uh, anytime you beat St. Mary's and Coach Meeks, it's a big one. Yeah, I was going to say St. Mary's is a program that was uh, that knocked on the door a couple of times of uh, trying to break through and win a state title and. Um, for for Tyler Consolidated to pick up a 14 point win over uh, the the Blue Devils tonight is very um, very encouraging for uh, that program. And uh, you know sometimes they say in football you make your biggest jump between games one and two. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. But uh, when it comes to basketball, I don't think that there's any one point in the season where you, you make that jump. But if you're Tyler Consolidated. Um, after a, a loss to Parkersburg Catholic on Tuesday in, in, in girls basketball, a 28-point loss. And Parkersburg Catholic, by the way, is also really good. But uh, what a great yeah. bounce back for that Tyler Consolidated team to get that win tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And they were down 11-2 about four minutes in and uh, already had five or six team fouls. May have went into the bonus uh, by that point. And, uh Coach Boggs called a timeout, changed defenses, and they went on a 9-0 run. Actually, it was like a 12-0 run to uh, go ahead. And then, uh, you know, we're up up six at half, 31-25, and come out and uh, uh, stretch the lead to stretch the lead to 14 uh, in the middle of the third quarter, and just kind of held serve the rest of the way. Uh, you know, did a nice, they did a really nice job. Uh, not a lot of. Uh, when they turned the ball over, it was on stop, you know, stop clocks and stop possessions. So there wasn't a lot of runouts, and, and uh, which helped. You know, they still struggle a little bit of handling the basketball, but when those turnovers aren't turning into points, uh, that, that's a good thing. So uh, it worked out well tonight. They rotated well defensively. Uh, they were able to get some runouts. You know, because St. Mary's is very young, and you know, basketball guys know the last thing kids learn is rotations defensively. So uh, you know, to, to get out of get the jump on them and go out and get some layups, get some easy shots, really kind of help the girls' confidence. And uh, they battled. They battled really hard. They, Joey Walton was in on, it seemed like, every tip ball around the bucket. She was in on it. Every defensive and offensive rebound, she was at least getting her hands on it or getting a, getting a hand on it or tip or something. So uh, this, this is going to be a pretty good group, I think. Should be a lot of fun this year. Brandon, we uh, appreciate you calling and look forward to talking with you again throughout the season. Yeah, well, I'm just glad I didn't have to follow Jerry West or you know anybody like that this time. So good. Hey, good. you just keep waiting. Later in the year, we'll get yeah. you again. You are you are the Will Wheaton to my Shelton Cooper, my friend. <laughs> there, you, there you go. That's Brandon Gregory, WRSG, throwing out a Big Bang reference there right at the end. Um, let's go back to the phones and. Uh, we have a few minutes here. We'll go to Sam Blizzard after the break. But before that, let's go to Lance Sutherland, the head coach of the Hurricane Redskins. Hurricane picks up a nice win tonight. Uh, spoils uh, uh, things for Bimbo Coles and Ball and, and company with Greenbrier East as Hurricane gets that win tonight. And uh, Coach Sutherland, a, a very nice, very nice win for your ball club tonight. Yes, it was. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to happen, but yes, it, it, it turned out to be a very nice one. 77-75, the final in that one, and we, we were tracking that game along. It seemed like Greenbrier East had a, a I won't say a comfortable lead, but had a, a pretty good advantage at times into double figures, but 
your club able to hang around, hang around, and push past them at the end with the late run? Yeah, well, we were down by 21 at the middle of the third quarter. Uh, and then we were down 16 going into the fourth quarter. They were shooting lights out. Uh, the Lemons kid nailed seven or eight threes against us. And we just uh, we started pressing at the first at the beginning of the fourth quarter and just chipped away and chipped away and, and finally got back. We got a single digits, and then it was just game on from there. Uh, they missed some foul shots, and we made some foul shots, and that's what happened. So as a coach, what do you take from this game? Do you take that from the first two and a half quarters, and there's a lot to work on, from the last quarter and a half, I mean, you guys were obviously very good. I take a lot from the first part of the game because we have a whole lot to work on. Uh, you know, they played great the last quarter, but, you know, we can't, we can't get down 20 points to anybody on our schedule and expect to win. I mean, tonight was one of those nights that we were able to do it, but you know, on Friday against Capital, we get in by 21, we'll get beat by 50. So we've got to we've got to improve on running our offense, getting in the steps we need to set, take care of the ball, and handle the pressure better because we didn't handle their pressure very good at the beginning of the game. Lance Bill Cornwell here. Congratulations on uh, getting down there and getting a win down in Fairley, my friend. And uh, uh, boy, it's this uh, section uh, that you're in. Boy, it's going to be another uh, dogfight. Uh, probably you and, and Huntington, probably the two best teams. But uh, Spring Valley started off with a win the other night over Ironton. And, and who knows what Midland's going to have with the uh, new coach and Rick Chafin. Exactly. Like I said, you know. And by the way, I'm used to hearing you in the morning. It's, it's kind of I know. Hard to hear you. I, I, I know. I hope you're still getting all the answers to our questions. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Lance is, is listening to my morning show, so there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was waiting for a question so I could try to answer it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's uh, our second. It is it's the same thing, you know. It'll be interesting with Spring Valley. Uh, I I don't you know when the football players get there and they get going, they're going to be tough. They're always tough. Uh, Maynard does such a great job with them, and you know every night when you play them, it's a dog fight. And yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear about Cable Millen because I have no idea. Um, they got Greenbrier East tomorrow night, so that will be interesting to see how that compares. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a, uh, another yeah. good season for Hurricane. Uh, Coach Lance Sutherland, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good evening. Thanks, you good too. Night, Lance. Lance Sutherland making the trip back from Fairly tonight to Hurricane off I-64. But it's, it's a happy trip, though, because and, yes. uh, I'll tell you what, Lance is one of the best coaches in the state and just gets so much out of those kids at Hurricane. We definitely appreciate him talking with us. That's two hours in the books already, guys. Already. One hour to go. When we come back, we'll have another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And we'll talk with Sam Blizzard, WELD in Hardy County as East Hardy and Moorfield tangled on the court in girls basketball tonight. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them to West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKS in Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for the 
Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, our old friends, WVOW, Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WNTD in Henton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmund, Beckley, and 101.7 FM, WYAP, LP in Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and throughout the state of West Virginia on Sudden Link's Network West Virginia. We're also streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. It's 11 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwall, Joe Linville with you. We'll get to Sam Blizzard in just a moment. He's been so kind to hold on. We'll get to him in just a minute. But right now, it is time for the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Bill Cornwell will turn you loose with the boys' scores. Joe, we'll let you have the girls. Well, we got a bunch of them as far as the, the guys are concerned. Uh, concerned. Uh, Tyler Consolidated, first off, uh, gets a win tonight over Cameron, 64-60. It was Magnolia falling to Elkins by a score of 65-46. Oakland beats Southside Beaver, Pennsylvania, 52-49. Ripley Vikings, winners tonight over the Grafton Bearcats, 55-54. Chapmanville more than doubles up the Polka Dots, 86-41. It was Lincoln County, or Lincoln, not Lincoln County, Lincoln over Braxton County, 66-62. University Hawks uh, victorious over the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers, 78-53. The Buffalo Bison beat Wahama, 46-41. Sherman Tide fall to Charleston Catholic, 51-43. Fayetteville gets the season started with a win over Meadow Bridge, 62-58. Greenbrier East losing a close one to the Hurricane Redskins, 77-75. Hurricane wins that one on the road. Greenbrier West, they are winners over Independence, 50-43. Tigers Valley beats Harmon, 69-37. North Marion Huskies victorious over Liberty Harrison, 74-45. It was Shady Spring over Liberty Raleigh, 94-37. Van beat Lincoln County, 72-68. Logan Wildcats take care of the Scott Skyhawks, 92-70. It was Craig County, Virginia, beating Montcalm, 46-39. Preston 
loses to Morgantown 57-34. Mount View beats Riverview 67-49. Nitro victorious over Nicholas County 75-69. Oak Hill beats Pikeview 93-34. Parkersburg falls to Musselman 56-50. Philip Barber 61. Parkersburg Catholic 56. Pocahontas County beat Bath County, Virginia. This one almost a scuff. 53 to 14. Ravenswood beats Ritchie County 84-35. It was Valley Fayette over Webster County 67-53. Fairmont Senior takes care of Brook 87-35. And finally, it's Hedgesville 60. Silver Oak Academy, Maryland 33. On the girls' side of the scoreboard, it was Wheeling Wheeling Central over the Polka Dots tonight, 94-92-54. That was up in Williamstown at a tournament. Then it was the Wayne Pioneers falling by three to George Washington in the uh, tournament we talked about, the uh, Barbara Maroon tournament down in Tulsa. The Mavericks of James Monroe fell to Summers County tonight, 60-39. It was Craig County, Virginia over Montcalm, 46-39. Moorefield down East Hardy, 42-28. Tyler consolidated over the Blue Devils of St. Mary's, 61-47. Midland Trail down Richwood tonight, 77-45. It was Lawrence County, Kentucky, taking down the Tulsa Rebels, 51-35. Lawrence County will meet George Washington in the championship game tomorrow in that tournament. It was the Riverview Raiders over Shady Spring tonight, 75-26. Westside down Man, 62-32. Hurricane, the Redskins over East Fairmont, 82-44. St. Francis, Maryland over St. Joe, 61-20. That is a final score. Spring Valley downed Ripley tonight, 49-33. Pocahontas County defeated the Bath County, Virginia, 53-14. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. And, Joe, I'm like you. I had to do a double take on that Huntington-St. Joe score, but that is legit. They are playing in uh, an event in Washington, D.C., and uh, they did indeed lose to that St. Francis Mary. Maryland team obviously got to be a pretty good one, they 61 would. to 20, and they're playing uh, Georgetown Prep tomorrow. Also, a boys score just in Brook Point, DC. The Blackhawks defeat Spring Mills, 60 to 40. That game played at Musselman tonight. Let's go back to the phone. Sam Blizzard, W E L D, in Hardy County. He had the East Hardy Moorefield Girls game tonight. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Sam, we joked about it last year. It feels like just about every Friday night, East Hardy and Moorefield get together on the basketball court in either boys' or girls' action. Tonight, the girls do battle, and it was a victory for the Yellow Jackets. It was a 14-point spread there at the end, Ryan, but it was basically a 5-7 point game through most of the game. East Hardy did not score in the first quarter, but uh, amazingly, going into the half, they were only down, I believe, six points. Um, just a scrappy, tough game both ways. Uh, Lindsey Rinker, who I believe was one of the uh, the players of the week there towards the end of last season, as a freshman, um, 16 points tonight for Moorefield to lead the attack. That should be uh, uh, still always an interesting season. Um you know, Moorefield last year had the heartbreaking finish against Union. Um, yes. The half-court shot that went in, that was ruled good. 
you know, we looked at it. We looked at the video. It probably was late, but I mean, it was it was bang bang. It was tough to tell. Um, but at, at the same time, that Moorfield Ball Club, obviously, kind of having to rebound from that this year, and that can leave a bad taste in your mouth in the all season. And uh, they were able to come out, like you said, and get the win tonight. Absolutely. And uh, going into tonight's game, East Hardy had already picked up two wins on the uh, season. East Hardy had defeated Berkeley Springs and Petersburg, two double-A clubs. So uh, it could have been a little bit of fatigue there towards the end of of this one there for East Hardy. Uh, Julia Hahn led them with 14 points. But, uh, you know, we've had uh, Petersburg on the boys' side. They defeated a triple-A Hampshire club over here this week. East Hardy the win over Pawpaw. So, uh, you know, it's it's here. Basketball season's a bonus, Ryan. Hey, and, and next Saturday, or next Friday night, excuse me, boys' basketball, Moorefield and East Hardy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we uh, probably could have just left the table setting up where we were broadcasting tonight. <laughs> And actually, um, I tuned in a little while ago when you had Mr. Anderson, the official one, and the call that he was talking about where they blow the whistle and blow over and warn one of the coaches, uh, we actually saw that in this game tonight. Hmm. That, that, that's something uh, that, yeah, that, and that's different, and that's clearly different because, all, you know, any time before, when the whistle is blown to stop play while a coach is arguing, and it has to do with that, it's resulted in a technical foul. Uh, yep. Did that create any confusion tonight? Um, basically, probably just for me. Trying <laughs> 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 to broadcast it. But uh, the uh, gentleman that was helping me broadcast, he is uh, a former official. And he kind of looked at me and said, that's, that's odd. Usually during the game when that whistle blows that's pretty much an automatic technical on the, on the coach but uh, we were kind of scratching our head wondering why it wasn't but uh, now we know hey. and that is why we do basketball Friday night in West Virginia <laughs> <laughs> educational hey we, we, we try to, to check all the boxes so to speak and uh, you know and, and that we're going to praise Bo a little bit he probably can't hear us thank goodness but, he's, um, he's still eating yeah but um <laughs> You know, that's a, that, to me, that's something that, that really is different about this show is that we give you access to an official who can explain things such as that. And I don't know that you would necessarily get that anywhere else. No, no, definitely not. You know, uh, it would be kind of nice with a lot of the, the fans would listen in and, you know, maybe make it a little bit easier on these officials during the games. <laughs> it's a hard enough job as is. Absolutely. Uh, Sam Blizzard, WELD in Hardy County. Always a pleasure. Always uh, good to talk with you. Hope things are going well with you up there. And uh, look forward to uh, talking with you again as we move throughout this 2017-2018 season. Absolutely. Next Friday night after uh, Moorefield East Hardy Boys once again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. There's Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio. And uh, we have a few moments here, guys. I want to mention uh, a couple of things. Uh, first off, if you want, if you have a score that we, we don't have, uh, easiest way to get in touch with us is on Twitter. Just tweet us the score at hoops underscore roundup is our Twitter handle. You can send us final scores, send us videos, pictures from your game. Uh, we have a we have a staff that does a phenomenal job of integrating all those elements, not only 
through social media, but also into this broadcast as well. Uh, just uh, can't thank them enough for the, for the work that they do. Also, I want to remind you, and we've, we've had a couple of submissions. We aren't doing it this week. We'll start uh, next week, I believe. But with our standout athlete of the week, you can make those submissions online, basketballnight.com. Uh, you can follow the pathway there to to make those submissions um, on your uh, you know your nominee for uh, standout athlete of the week. And just so you all know, you only have to send it once. It's not that we only you know if you send it uh, today, uh, your nominee is not eliminated if they're not chosen next Friday. They stay in the pool. So. That's how that works. Our first two, a uh, couple of nominees. I think we had an athlete from Riverside and an athlete from Fairmont Senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're getting started. Just send those nominations in. East Fairmont. East Fairmont. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and we, we appreciate uh, the folks who take their time out to, to do that as well. And, and that's something that's really been a big help for us. Now, you mentioned Fairmont Senior. Maybe a little bit of clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. Joining us now is the head coach of the Polar Bears boys team, Dave Retton. Coach and, Retton, yes. Yeah, we've got Coach Retton with us now. And, uh, coach, big win for your ball club tonight over Brook. Yes, sir. We, we played um, we played really well in the second half. I was pleased with uh, just how our guys handled, you know, when you – we call it distractions. When, you know, you uh, have the game in hand – I think there's a tendency when you're 15, 16 years old to just maybe get out of uh, things that we characteristically do. And we really stayed true to, to what we wanted to accomplish, how we wanted to play the game, how we wanted to share the ball, how we wanted to sit down and, and uh, just work on our defense. And, and I was really pleased with our second half, and hopefully that's a uh, you know just a sign of, of – uh, you know what kind of ball club we can have uh, if we continue to work and, and uh, make improvement. You won your second straight Class AA championship a year ago in Charleston. Got to cut down the nets there at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Um, this ball club heaped with expectations as well as you mentioned, able to handle those to this point. And at the same time, each team takes its own identity. Even though you have many of the same faces. That, that you've had before, they, they you get a different mix of kids when a few kids graduate over the course of time. And uh, how are you able to kind of mold this team? And, and even with the fact that you've got a very talented team, it still takes a little bit of patience. It does. It, it you know, with a talented team, it, it really requires not requires it. it um, you know, it, we're going to be as good as as we play together, and. You know, that's one of the things that I that I was very disappointed in our two scrimmages. We, uh, I think, we played very team-oriented basketball in practice, and we had two scrimmage games against Wheeling Park and University. And uh, you know, we I, I think we you know won those games, but we just didn't play we didn't play as a unit. And one of the things that we we talked about was, hey, you know, individually, I'm sure that you know. Uh, a lot of our guys would be 25, would be really high scores on a lot of other teams, but that's not our style. You know, we share the basketball, we preach it, we teach it, we demand it, we expect it, and the kids expect it. It's not like, uh, you know, we have 
selfish kids. We got kids that want to. We got kids that want to win and are winners. It just they needed reminded, and uh, I think our our players reminded themselves. We talked about it at length after we uh, reviewed the game, uh, saw some things that we didn't like uh, against University, and, and I say we didn't like. You know, our team didn't like, and I think that was a you know maybe a turning point of of a young season. I know we have a lot of basketball to play, but. You know, we we challenged them. We called them out. They accepted it, and uh, you know that's that's why I was really pleased with tonight. It wasn't it wasn't the the uh, margin of victory. It was how we played, and we played together, and we really shared the ball. And uh, I saw a lot of maturity on the floor. You know, you have a big lead. Uh, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to get my points. I'm going to go. And I didn't see that with our uh, basketball team. Hey, coaches, Joe Linville, uh, one of our earlier callers uh, saw part of your game tonight and was talking about, uh, you know, you guys had about five or six dunks there just back-to-back. And I just looked up your uh, your roster. You've got three kids over 6'6". Six, six. I mean, like you said, some of these kids, you know, want to step out and be superstars. But the key thing is, you said, is teamwork and playing as a team. Uh, your thoughts on that going forward? And how much pressure does the community put on on you as a coach after winning you know, these state championships to bring home a trophy again this year? Uh, the, the, to answer your first question, it, it's huge because, you know, when we play against a team of uh, that's well-coached, when we play against a group, uh, that plays together as a team, you know, we're going to be tested. And uh, we need to it, – it, it takes away your rhythm, you know, to practice one way and then go into a game and play a different way. It's just – it's it's not – you don't develop any continuity, any timing. So, you know, as we continue to make uh, strides in that, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I look back. And I told our kids this. I said, you know, I've never had a 20-point score. I've never had a 20-point score in 20-some years of coaching. And I'm not proud of that fact. I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, we probably could have had many 20-point scores. But our thing has always been, you know, the open guy gets the shot. You know, we're not trying to get make any guys all-state, all-American. Um, we're trying to play team basketball. We're trying to be hard. We're, we're working on being hard to guard. And, you know, if you don't know where the shots come in the offense, you know, I coached against some guys earlier in my coaching career. I knew where the shots were going to come in their offense. Two or three guys were going to take their shots. Well, I think it's easy to shut down two or three guys, particularly at the high school level. You know, you can cheat. You can, you know, you can do a lot of things differently than you, that you can't do in college. Well, you know, when you have five guys that you have to guard and you don't know whether your shots are coming from, you know, you're you're a very hard team to handle. And hopefully if, if our kids continue to buy into that, uh, you know, that we will become a hard team to handle. I'm not saying we're there yet. we got a lot of basketball to play. Uh, to answer your second question in regards to the expectations, um, I... <laughs> I've grown up with high expectations. I've I've lived them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our program, you know, we've had success every. <laughs> I mean, every ten years, every twenty years, every thirty years. You know, there's like there's a championship. There's the Babe Stingos uh, set paved the way for us. Uh, Bill Lawson paved the way for us. 
Biz Dawson. I mean, you know, and you can go on and on about the success. But those that that's a good kind of pressure. That's mm-hmm. a that's a thing that you you want to continue to uphold, add to it in uh, you know ways that uh, you know that that work for us. So I don't I don't necessarily. Uh, you know, feel that there's pressure from within our community. You know, people, people are people, and you know, people talk about repeating, and I think that's wonderful. They're interested in our program, uh, but you know, it's easy to say a repeat. It's easy to say we're going to repeat, but you know, we have seventy some practices uh, that I've you know charted on our our uh, calendar. Uh, you know, we have a shoot around tomorrow at eleven o'clock in the morning that. You know, there's a lot of work to do. It's it's easy to talk about a three, and I'm not talking about our team. It's it's easy for people that, you know, aren't a part of the program to say, hey, you know, you guys are going to three peat or let's do it. Hey, we want to do it for our fans and for our community. Absolutely, we want to uh, have that torch and carry it. At the same time, uh, you know, our players, our coaching staff realize that we have uh, we have a lot of work to do. Chapmanville is very good. North Marion's going to be good, very good. Uh, Mingo's going to be very good. Link or oh shoot, you know Lincoln had a great year last year, and, and now they played in the tournament. You got Bluefield that's going to be there. Philip Barber's got some key kids back. So, and all those teams, you know, we I I told our kids uh, right after the right after the game, I said, listen here, please listen to this. I said, I'm already thinking about next year, and Chapmanville is where we were when we played Polka and got beat. You know, when we uh, – I thought we outplayed Polka for 28, 29 minutes, and we ended up getting beat, and they deserved to win the state championship. And I'm not – please, I'm giving Polka all the credit in the world. They deserved the championship. But I also felt that last year that Chapmanville played us, outplayed us the majority of the game. And we got right at the right time. That last three minutes and 30 seconds, I don't know if we had a turnover. And we made key baskets, and and that was the game, you know, the last three and a half minutes. So, uh, you know, we're, we're excited. We're, we're really not putting a lot of thought into – really not putting any thought into being a, a three-peat champion, a repeat champion. We're uh, – we're wanting to play the game the right way. We want to share. We want to. We want to do right by the game. We want to play hard and, and represent uh, our school and, and the players that have come before in our program and the coaching and the coaches that have coached in our program and represent them and, and do the best job we can. That's Dave Retton, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. Fairmont Senior uh, opening the season tonight with a victory over Brook. And uh, Coach Retton, once again, congratulations. We didn't get to talk to you after the state championship last year. Congratulations on your second straight. Congratulations on uh, your win tonight. And best wishes as we go throughout the season. Thank you uh, so much for uh, having me. And uh, I I wish you guys well with with your show. I always appreciate that. Dave Retton, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. We'll step aside, take a break. Come back with much more here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on real-life experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, and video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Heard TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash sojmc. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to our newest followers including Jordan Nicely, Chris Hunt, Peyton Adams, Kyle Powers. Thank you, Kyle, for helping us out tonight. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 24 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. First full Friday night of high school basketball in the Mountain State. So glad to be back on the airwaves, however you may be tuned into us. There are a multitude of ways. I don't know how Marcus keeps up with them all. Um, <laughs> but we thank you, our viewers, for uh, watching, for listening on our uh, on the Fast Break Sports Network, on our 20-plus affiliates now. Uh, we cover just about all of the state, and we're, we're getting there. We're still working on that, and uh, you know, it's a it's a team effort. It takes a lot of a lot of work and a lot of effort, and a, a lot of people put in a lot of time on it. And technically, listening online, we do cover the state. We cover the world. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in Thailand right now, you can listen in, get your West Virginia high school basketball fix. We're big in Thailand, I hear. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, something that I wanted to mention here also, um, if you're watching, if you can see, if you can't, I'll describe to you. We a little bit of a change on the set this year. We normally have jerseys and uh, shirts representing schools such as Paul Paul um, in front of us. Uh, but on the set right now are a pair of awards. We've got a Marcom Gold Award. That was for the February 24, 2017 edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It won a gold award for radio programming. And uh, obviously, guys, 224.17 was a great show. Mm-hmm. Must have been. <laughs> <laughs> right there at the end of the regular season. Uh, it, it, it must have been pretty good. And uh, also... You heard us mention that we want our standout athlete of the week nominations. 
Um, we have a Hermes Platinum Award. It may look silver. That's actually platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for our special correspondent, Dylan Stone, for his athlete or standout athlete of the week segments. So congratulations to him. He, he did a phenomenal job with that. Um, you know, again, we hope to start back with that again next week. But, um, you know, those awards are uh, nice. They're, uh, it's kind of validation that somebody out there thinks the show is pretty good. And we thank them for that. Absolutely. Not just friends and family of us patting us on the back saying, good job. <laughs> so now we're a part of an award-winning show. We're now the award-winning basketball the, the, Friday night in yeah, West Virginia. That's right. Change the name. It's that, the award-winning. <laughs> I want that in all the new imaging. Uh, and also, we, we I can't forget this. Yes. Um, back in June... I believe it was. Maybe in July. It all runs together. Yeah. It was hot. <laughs> a few months ago. It was hot. Ago. Yeah. Um, we were all invited to the governor's reception room of the West Virginia State Capitol where we were uh, honored to receive uh, certificates of recognition from uh, Governor Jim Justice, the head girls basketball coach at Greenbrier East, and the <laughs> former head boys basketball coach at the Spartans as well. And uh, yeah, that was a good time to go up there. Senator Mark Maynard, who whose district covers from Wayne County down into Mercer County. It's a very oddly drawn district, but uh, State Senator uh, Mark Maynard there to present us uh, those certificates uh, back in the uh, summer, and we appreciate that as well. And uh, Hazel Dameron was um, awarded as a distinguished West, West, West Virginian. Virginian. Yes, and, Deservedly uh, so. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And uh, for, for all her years of service, and um, and her part is our show too. Yeah, yeah uh, you know people don't know this, but we we do have some people who listen, and specifically, not just because they're basketball fans, they listen because they're they know more of the technical side of radio. It's like, well, did you like the show or not? And uh, you know, it goes beyond. Did you get basketball scores that you were looking for? Did you find out how your favorite team did, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, she's been a big part of that behind the scenes. So is Dr. Chuck Bailey, um, the faculty advisor, the student advisor, faculty advisor, WMUL, student radio station at Marshall University, where we emanate our broadcast from every Friday night. And, um, you know... I don't want to delve too far into it. Yeah, there's nobody. A, uh, a lot of people if, back if, there. Yeah, and if I say something here that that's out of line, I apologize. And uh, anybody that's listening that has, um, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of power within Wayne County, don't take this personal. It's not that at all. But um, <laughs> WFGH was taken off the air after 40 plus years. The Wayne County Board of Education decided that uh, the central office, I should say. Uh, decided that it was just uh, not an expense that they felt they could incur any longer. Um, it was pennies compared to the budget yearly. So uh, that was their decision. They made it. Um, I know efforts are being made right now to get the stations back on the air before the license expires. Um, it's just uh, it, it's unfortunate for the folks of Wayne County it's who grew travesty. up on WFGH. Yeah. Well, it's a travesty, and of course, uh, because of, of that, uh, uh, folks in Wayne County didn't get to hear the football this fall, and and they had uh, they had two playoff teams in uh, Wayne and Spring Valley that uh, they'd love to have been able to follow this year and didn't have that opportunity. Wayne County has had a team in the Super Six 
2016, and 2017. And no radio stations to cover the three this year. Think about that for a moment. So, um, you know, that's, again, it's not aimed at anyone in particular. Don't take it that way. I know some people tend to have a little bit of a thin skin sometimes, and it's not meant that way at all. This is for the folks of Wayne County who, you know, pay their taxes as well. That's right. And um, even besides sports, I mean, amount of it goes to the school system. Broadcasting school updates. It's a community uh, service. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And, and, um, and it's much needed anywhere. And, and I'll tell you something Fred Dameron would always do. Vern Stanfield did it before him. Um, the elementary school kids in Wayne County would all send their, Santa, uh, their Christmas wish list into Santa. And he would read them all on the air. And they would listen in in their classrooms. And that was always a neat little thing. I remember when I did that in first grade. Ask for a live snake. I don't like snakes. <laughs> Why does it surprise me? I don't like snakes at all, Bill. That's the, that's the more bizarre part about it. But that was what I asked for in but, first grade. But I'm, I'm, and, I'm, I'm with you. I echo everything that you say. Uh, you know, let's get the heads together and let's get this worked out and, and let's get it working again. The Barbara J. Marone key player shootout tonight at Tulsa High School. I called a number of those games over the years on WFGH. It was unavailable tonight for anyone from George Washington, Wayne, Glenn Hayes, Fort Gay, Crom, Dunlow, Genoa, Lavalette, Louisa, Fallsburg, the surrounding areas. Um, couldn't listen to those games tonight. That's a shame. We'll be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's player to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup. It's part of basketballnight.com, too. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on every team in West Virginia. We send followers or tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com. Just click on the Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we want you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of the Daily Hoops Roundup. On Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email us at scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. And you can send us a text with your scores. You can text us at 304-249-4924. 
text your scores to 304-249-4924. It's all found at basketballnight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. <laughs> it's 11.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell with you. If you're watching on one of the, the video streams, we put up the pictures. Um, that collage is done upstairs. And um, just, again, great work. Uh, to fill in the breaks, but sometimes the pictures catch us a little funny right out of the break. <laughs> that, it, that was, was, it was. was a good, it was a great picture. It was, it was good. Well, yeah. it looked like some kids from Hamlin, and all I wanted for Christmas is a state championship. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they meant Lincoln County. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> for, for that school, softball's been very good yep. over the years. They, they've pretty been pretty competitive in girls' basketball. Yeah. Uh, I did see Lincoln County's girls' basketball team earlier this year. Um, they're, they're in a little bit of a rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be pretty good in about a year or two. There's always been plenty of basketball talent in Lincoln County. It's got to come together sometime. Yeah, if I remember there were some really good Hamlin teams in class yes. single A. And, and, and again, I want to. Don't forget Hearts. Right. Well, Hearts and uh, Boys with Harry Kirk and oh all my that. Goodness. I mean, that, they, they, when they rolled into the gym, you knew it. And when you went into their gym, you sweated to death. But I'll never that, forget my first trip <laughs> down to cover a Van Hearts game. There's a bridge. There was people hanging all over that bridge, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, where am I? <laughs> but a great atmosphere in the gym. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was legendary about how hot that gym was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went in there one time, and it wasn't hot. And I, I remember I asked one of their coaches. I was like, doesn't seem as warm here. I said, yeah, heaters went out. <laughs> like, it was comfortable. But anyway, um, they fixed the heater shortly after that. But um, let's go back to the phone lines. Craig Dutton, one of my favorite stations, <laughs> WRRR, St. Mary's. He joins us now on the program. Yes, I know it's 90, uh, 93 Light Rock. WRRR, it will always be. Craig, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. No, no, glad, glad to be on with you guys here this evening. Of course, it's funny. Um, I, I'm trying, just trying to get out of football season right now. Yeah. It's been a long, long season for myself. I got the pleasure to cover River Pilots in Ohio uh, for the last few weeks in football, and then I got to see St. Mary's in their final push for the state title. And, of course, they fell to Wheeling Central. And I can just tell you a good bit of, uh, from what I've seen up here up north uh, in, in terms of, talent and what you've seen wheeling central i think what they've done in football might carry over to the basketball court as well they mm. they're a highly talented team in class single a ball this year uh and st mary's it's it's a rebuilding year both for the boys and girls teams uh, of course we don't never had their first home game yet which is monday is for the girls they'll play magnolia and then following week st mary's will host peyton city on friday night of course, uh, St. Mary's, I think, and um, both, both boys and girls have been in action so far this season. Uh, I, I think for a rebuilding year for the girls, they've actually done pretty well for themselves so far. They've, they've defeated Work County. Uh, I believe they had the loss to Parkersburg Catholic, and those are a couple other teams really to watch out for uh, in the coming years as Parkersburg Catholic and Williamstown and the girls' end. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, it's been a while since we've had to talk about a rebuild for St. Mary's girls basketball. Yeah. Um, uh, we were talking uh, earlier with Brandon Gregory. That's that's a young team. There's still talent there, and that's a, probably a team that's mm-hmm. going to be much better in February than it is right now. It is. There's so many young athletes, and everyone I've talked to, uh, you know, you know, the coaches agree with it. They're gonna they're not going to hold back on when it comes to obligation to giving the upperclassmen an opportunity. You don't do that whenever you're in a rebuilding stage. You give everybody an opportunity, and that's what they're doing with their freshman class. There's a couple kids uh, that moved up, or a couple young ladies that moved up from middle school. They're going to get a lot more time as freshmen on the varsity squad. And that's just what happens. You you put a lot more dependency on a young lady like Addie Fur for St. Mary's, uh, who's easily going to be one of their top scores. And they, you know, it, for her, it's going to be a lot easier just telling her to take the shot, uh, more or less over anybody else. So that, that's it's true. It's hard to believe that, but you're right. I, I agree with you, Ryan, on that. But by the time February comes around, we got to see what happens because the schedule they have in the LKC is pretty tough for the most part. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And Tyler Consolidated seems to be off to a good start as well. Something I always like to do, mm-hmm. and um, it's um, you know a little bit untraditional, but um, I like to get the perspective of the opposing team's broadcast of a team. Now, like we talked with Brandon Gregory, obviously he's yeah. covering Tyler Consolidated. Um, he's going to know more about Tyler Consolidated as the, as the year goes along. But I like a, a different set of eyes to be able to mm-hmm. kind of tell me what they saw. Tower Consolidated is, is, you know, not a not a name brand on the basketball court right now, but it might be soon. It might be soon. Kathy Boggs, who took over the program a few years back, that's always been the one thing I hate saying. You know, I've covered them in football and radio. It's funny you talk about Brandon. I'm going to be actually carrying the part time duty on ninety two point three this year and calling games on there for Tyler this year. So it's funny, Brandon will give you a report and I can give you a couple set of eyes here eventually for the Silver Knights on both boys and girls. But you're right, the girls program, they've lost a bit of talent from the last few years. There's one girl that really sticks out that's played a lot as an underclassman and her name's Jolie Walton. I don't know how much of an impact she's had early on this season, but of course she's athletic director and you know um, head football coach uh, Ryan Walton's daughter and really has made an impact uh, on different sides of the sports all up there. She's one name I really could see sticking out for that team uh, in the future years. Uh, I hate shifting it to the boys' side, but what's really impressive is former Parkersburg South Athletic Director Rick Leach is now taking over the boys' helm uh, for Tyler Consolidated. And I feel in that in itself uh, is going to be a big boost and shot in the arm to Tyler Consolidated's boys' program. You know that's a that's a county that was Sistersville, especially in football. And there were some really good Tyler County high school teams too. But um, there was a lot of community pride within that school system. Um, you know, you talk about Jeff Swisher and, and, and those those names um, and the success they had on the football field a long time ago. Consolidation. You know, the school's in Middleburn now. It's kind of it's out away from town. Um, you can lose your identity a little bit, and uh, I know Tyler Consolidated had some really good football teams right when they first opened, but um, yeah. since then it's been a little bit hit and miss for the Silver Knights. Um, I last saw them ten years ago, actually. Um, 
2007. I saw him in a playoff game. But um, yeah, I played Wayne that year. I, I was right before I took uh, started calling games on radio for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm, I, I can't remember who I talked to now. But I'm pretty sure that the people sitting beside of me for that game I've had on this show at some point now. But um, <laughs> long long story short, basketball can do a whole lot more for Tyler Consolidated than just win games. Yes, it, it, it can. It can carry over into other sports, too, and the, the confidence level. I mean, you're right. It, it's one thing that you know you look forward to see be built upon. Tyler Consolidated, try to get that spirit back from when it used to be Tyler County and Sistersville, you know, back beyond in the 80s when, you know, things were flying high for all them teams, even for girls basketball. Tyler County had some notable girls basketball teams in the 80s uh, for the Red Raiders when they were about – so that's that's one thing you gotta look forward to. I will say that that's one thing different about Tyler Consolidated over the years. That their their female athletes have seemed kind of hold the mantle over the years. Uh, if, if I think of Tyler Consolidated prestige wise, it'd be their volleyball program. Mm-hmm. You know, they only have one title to their name, but they've been in the finals it seems in Class A for the last few years. It's usually been Work County taking them out, or Williamstown, or a few other teams in the LKC. Um, but it, it's it's been impressive. Impressive run for what basketball can do as a whole. Hopefully, they can get that fan support again up there for the Silver Knights. I think they can do that. Correct. If they just stay focused towards that. Yes. Uh, I was just going to say, first, always a pleasure. That means I have to get rid of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. And two, interestingly enough, a random name came up in conversation today. And I'll keep this short because most of our viewers and listeners have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, okay. Kim Cobb's name came up today. Oh, boy. And um, <laughs> Yes. And I just recall, for people who are listening or watching for the first time or missed it when we talked about it before, I remember Craig and I about, oh, 10, 15, 12, I don't know how many years ago now. Not that long ago now. 30, 35, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, we, we set up a softball, yeah. We set up a softball game between WMUL and uh, the radio station at uh, West Virginia State University. And uh, that was one that uh, we had a lot of fun with. And uh, I still think we got cheated yeah. in the game up there. But that's okay. No, I'm fine. But, uh, oh, now hold on. No, nah, I, I got to give that credit to Dave. He had a really good game. You guys <laughs> had some really good teams, though. I'll give you that. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the WMUL softball team was pretty tough at times. But, uh, Craig, always a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you again later on in the season. Thank you. Now, I'll, I'll try to get you as many reports of St. Mary's. Again, real quick of their boys, it's a rebuilding year for them, too, but I'll get you what I can uh, in the coming weeks here. Thank you, guys. Sounds good. It's Craig Dutton of WRRR 93 Light Rock in St. Mary's. We'll step aside for our final break. Come back. We'll get our last check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard and our poll question and cause time. You thought I was going with that first, didn't you? (laughs) We'll be back with that and wrap up Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Of course, if you're watching on Network West Virginia, Sutton Link, or uh, 
Comcast Channel 25 in the Huntington area. Also, great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM, and 1290 AM. Our friends in Logan, WVOW Logan. Lightbrock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, and of course Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. We're also streaming online high-definition video. You can find it on our website and also on Twitter, Periscope. Thanks for joining us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1148 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I use a phrase a lot, even though I can't say I was a big fan of the, uh, of the movies. But Smokey and the Bandit, we've got a long way to go in a short time to get there. We've got a lot of stuff left to cram into the last uh, 15 minutes of this show. We're going to start quickly with... Uh, Spencer Dupuis, who joins us now uh, here in studio, and Spencer has our poll question. Thanks, Ryan. This week's poll question is, do you think that coaches should be given a warning before a technical foul is assessed? Yes or no? Head over to basketballnight.com to, to cast your vote. All right, Spencer, thank you very much. Spencer, a student at Marshall University in broadcast journalism, and right now let's go to the Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard. Taking a look at the boys' side of the scoreboard, it was Tyler Consolidated over Cameron tonight, 64-60. Magnolia fell to Elkins, 65-46. Oak Glen defeated South Beaver, uh, 52-49. It was uh, Ripley scoring the final eight points of the game to come from behind the defeat. Grafton, 55-54. Chapmanville, the Tigers' big winners tonight over the Polka Dots, 86-41. It was Lincoln, the Cougars, over Braxton County tonight, 66-62. University defeated Buchanan Upshur, 78-53. 
It was Buffalo, the Bisons over Wahama, 46-41. The Sherman Tide fell to the Charleston Catholic Irish, 51-43. It was Fayetteville over Metabridge, 62-58. Hurricane, big winners tonight over Greenbrier East on the road, 77-75. Greenbrier West, also a winner. 50 to 43 over Independence. Tigers Valley over Han or Harmon that was 69-37. North Marion over Liberty Harrison, 74-45. Shady Spring over Liberty Raleigh tonight, 94-37. The Bulldogs of Van picked up a big win over Class AA Lincoln County, 72-68. It was the Wildcats of Logan over Scott tonight, 92-70. Motcom fell to Craig County, Virginia, 46-39. Morgantown, the Mohegans, was the big winner over Preston Knight, 57-34. The Golden Knights of Mount View down Riverview, 67-49. Nitro winners over Nicholas County, 75-69. Oak Hill over Pikeview, 93-34. It was Musselman over Parkersburg, 56-50. Philip Barber over Parkersburg Catholic this evening, 61 56. Ravenswood, big winners over Ritchie County, 84-35. In a close one, St. Albans uh, defeated Riverside, 65-64. Webster County downed or was uh, defeated by Valley Fayette this evening, 67-53. Valley Wetzel over Peyton City, 79-62. It was Brooke falling to Fairmont Senior tonight, 87-35. Hedgesville, the Eagles over Silver Oak Academy, 60-33. And Brooke Point, uh, D.C. defeated Spring Mills, 60-40. Girls scores tonight, Williamstown Tournament. The Willing Central Maroon Knights defeat Polka, 92-54. Also tonight, Grafton over Phillip Barber, 70-35. It was Clay Battelle over Liberty Harrison, 52-29. And the Barbara J. Uh, Marone key player shootout at Tulsa High School tonight. It was George Washington defeating Wayne 57-54. Also tonight, Summers County defeats James Monroe 60-39. Parkersburg Catholic over Gilmer County 71-37. It was Craig County, Virginia over Montcalm. The Generals fall on the road 46-39. Moorefield defeats East Hardy, 42-28 the final. Tyler consolidated a 61-47 winner over St. Mary's. It was Midland Trail defeating Richwood, 77-46. Lawrence County goes on the road, beats Tulsa in that other Barbara J. Marone key player shootout contest, 51-35 the final of that one. Also, Riverview beats Shady Springs, 75-26. It was Ritchie County over Work County, 46-32. Westside, a 30-point winner over Mann, 62-32. Hurricane defeats East Fairmont, 82-44. St. Francis of Maryland defeats St. Joe, 61-20. Spring Valley picks up a win over Ripley, 49-33. Pocahontas County beats Bath County, Virginia, 53-14. And Clay County. Clay County lost to Williamstown, guys. I remember that. Somebody got it backwards. We got that one backwards. Yeah, it was, uh, Williamstown picked up a win tonight over Clay County. That's your basketball night. Uh, Marshall University Sports Journalism, basketballnight.com scoreboard update. And before we run out of time, I want to wish good luck to all the uh, 
cheerleading squads in Charleston. Tomorrow is the state cheerleading championship, and uh, good luck, ladies. Should be a lot. And some gentlemen. Yes, and, you know, you mentioned big events. The name synonymous with big events is Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. If Cause it's a, in the if house. It, if it's a big event, he's there. Cause in the house. I wonder if he's this, got a snow shovel out yet. Hey, Rick joins <laughs> us now on the program. Rick, how are things in Martinsburg tonight? Well. <laughs> well, that might sum things up tomorrow. We haven't quite gotten there yet. Things are kind of calm. Okay. And. There's there's a you know I forecast for some snow, but most of it might stick to the state of the east, so we might be spared. I don't think anyone would uh, complain about that, uh, especially now that we're into the midst of uh, high school basketball season and weather obviously a factor, uh, basically from beginning to end in this sport, but. Um, Eastern Panhandle Ball Clubs, Martinsburg obviously coming off of its uh, second straight football state championship and a second straight undefeated season. They have not opened their boys' basketball season yet. They will do so next week against Loudoun Valley, Virginia. And uh, But just uh, throughout the Panhandle over the past couple of years, Martinsburg, Hedgesville has been a little bit of a step back. Musselman has, has put itself into the mix as one of the top teams in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, Rick, we don't have a lot of time. What are we looking at this year from an expectation standpoint? Well, I think Martinsburg uh, will be the team to beat uh, for the fact that they have the whole team back, except for a couple of football players who decided they're going to focus on football. But they were kind of role players, so I th- you know, so you're looking at a team that uh, is basically you know is the same team as a year ago that uh, made it to the state quarterfinals and suffered a close loss. I think uh, going and looking beyond that, I watched Hedgesville tonight in their so-called uh, Jake from State Farm. Uh, uh, night and the tournament's called the State Farm Hardwood Classic or something like that, and would, you know they left the other team looking like it played and uh, was playing in khakis. <laughs> Thank you guys. I was wondering if anybody. I, 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 I got it. I was actually going to ask if the officials wore khakis tonight for the contest, but that's you beat me to it. <laughs> but that might be a little bit too uh, tacky. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know Hedgesville virtually has the same team back, same five starters. They're pretty experienced, as does Washington. Washington has five starting starting players back from a year ago from a team that was near about near five hundred. They seem to think that uh, you know they got some good things going on. I watched them tonight in the Hedgesville mixer and. You know, it was a very uninspired effort, I thought, by them. And uh, I don't know. Uh, they were missing one player tonight. Uh, could he bring some excitement? Uh, it was hard to say. I mean, they were playing against a, a decent uh, local Christian school. But uh, they only had, I think, nine points in the whole second half. Meanwhile, Hedgesville looked uh, looked exciting. Uh, not... Uh, the uh, 
these slow motion offenses so many people think they run. They're actually running down the floor a little bit. Uh, but I think if, and I was surprised a little bit, I think by the Musselman score, obviously they got Division One player in Jake Stevens, who signed at uh, VMI in the early signing period. But they graduated four starters, an extremely young team, and to beat Parkersburg, obviously at home, it helps. But I think that was that was a big win for them tonight. Absolutely, Rick. We've got to let you go as we are pushing right up against the end of the show. We've got about thirty seconds left, and unfortunately, we're going to do this quickly. Uh, it won't do justice, though, to the person. Uh, back in October, Louis D'Antoni, a West Virginia Sports Hall of Fame basketball coach, the father of Houston Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni and Marshall University basketball coach Dan D'Antoni, also uh, uh, Kathy D'Antoni, who's one of the um, leaders in, in West Virginia education um, with the state uh, Board of Education, uh, passed away. He was 103 years old. Uh, Louis D'Antoni coached... Uh, in Mullins, won the state basketball championship in 1955, a team that was led by Willie Akers. A lot was, of history. Yeah, the a non- lot of history. he was the first West Virginia Sports Writers Association High School Coach of the Year and a member of the Sports Hall of Fame. So, Louis D'Antoni passing away at 103 years old earlier um, back in October, a little bit over two months ago. A little bit less than two months ago now. But that's it for Basketball Friday Night West Virginia. Back in one week. See you then. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.